0: Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It's Wednesday, February 1st, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 583. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show are Aaron Amos. Ooh, caught me off guard. Hi, hey! (laughs) Joey Brachino is here. He
2: set you up for a good joke, and you didn't even give it to him.
0: Bob Ryer is here.
3: Hi, I'm Zachary Levi, and I'm here to talk about five. You know what? No,
0: you no, 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 no. 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 didn't have to do it. No, right, out no. <laughs> right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Chris Carey is here.
4: I got nothing to follow that one for once.
0: And John Burkle is here, too.
1: Woo! We are 17 episodes away from 600. That is crazy. Wow.
0: That wow. is crazy. What's also crazy is that we're all here together. Yes.
1: yes. yes.
5: How's
0: How's how does it feel? It's I'm, great. I'm First, of show, right <laughs> First show. I'm my journey right
2: now. First show of the year
0: where we're all together in one place.
2: How's it feel, Dad?
0: Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> I'm not as emotionally as
4: repressed as I can expect You made it to me be. and
0: your mother proud. So go, go forth and carry the family <laughs> name. Oh, oh chum. Carry oh, our seed forward, boy. Seed?
4: Oh, God.
6: <laughs> Uh. um
0: no i don't have any notes i don't know what we're doing this episode we've got lightning rounds uh there's been some cancellations in the uh sphere. we'll probably talk about that for a couple of minutes and uh then i think we we have enough people and enough comic book talk i have i have a feeling some of these comic book Discussions are going to go for a while, uh, so it's just going to be a very comic-centric yeah. podcast this week. Maybe uh, ten plus years in sinister time,
6: plus one hundred,
0: <laughs> or hundred. Maybe a little bit of uh, "I Told You So" when it comes to a certain book. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk I don't about it later. No, Not until yeah, I, I see the trailer. You might be jumping the gun, yes. Steve. You might Not
2: until I see the trailer. Bait and switch. Yes.
0: Yep. Not we'll until I the see the
2: dragon testicles.
6: <laughs> oh.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Steve was right. That's what everybody will be saying by the end of the show. (laughs) Put it on the shirt. All right, let's do it. Let's just get into this. Uh, Good. Joey, you you (laughs) start us off.
2: (laughs) Let's do it. I'm coming out hot.
0: (laughs) Are you ready? Take your your dick out of the kangaroo and give us a light. round. (laughs) (laughs) Christ.
5: Yikes. <laughs> I, was like, I I I literally just mumbled "check your wiener." You went full on. <laughs> All
2: right. Okay. Um. <laughs> <Saga laughs> Damn. <down. laughs> okay. So, um, I'm going to start with a graphic, uh, biography that was mentioned. I don't know if you, I don't know if you ended up reading that, uh, listener email a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was very, very nice, but at the very end he was like, Oh, I want to check out now. Let me fly a portrait of Eugene Bullard. Um, this was a book from first second, uh, from author Ronald Wimberly, who was the creator of the viral comic "Lightning up and artist Brown rebel. Uh, Here's the pitch. On the eve of World War One, Eugene Bullard was a refugee of the Jim Crow South who was determined to find a place where a black man would be treated as a fellow human being. His search took him from rural Georgia to the streets of Paris, from the vaudeville stage to the boxing ring, and finally from the muddy trenches to the open skies. In 1914, Bullard joined the fight to defend France and made history as the world's first African-American fighter pilot. Um, and that's to that's the uh, the 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 jacket description alone and you know if you know the show that's exactly our kind of of, of story um these kind of history making graphic memoirs, graphic biographies. So I obviously picked it up. It was one of the first things I read in 2022. Um, and it just so happened to be in that, that listener email as well. And it was amazing. Really, really wonderful story. Again, a, a lesser known bit of, of black history. That's definitely worth, um, uh, uh, exploring deeper. And, uh, even though the book is called now, let me fly the actual, like flying and becoming, you know, the first, African-American pilot, uh, is actually like the tail end of the book. And instead you get this whole remarkable life of, you know, performing on the vaudeville stage and becoming a professional boxer. And a lot of it is the kind of experience that, that Bullard has like living on the streets of Paris and just the, the difference of leaving the South and moving to Europe. Um, and you know, it's everything that Baldwin does, but 50 years earlier. Um, and uh, it's, it's an incredible, incredible book. The art from um, Revel is, you know, if you like your historical fiction, Chris Samney style, like that's what you're getting with Revel. And I think it just it's a really fantastic aesthetic for this book. So that's Now Let Me Fly, A Portrait of Eugene Bullard. Um, quickly, before I get to the main event. Also, I read Youth Season 3, number one from Kurt Pierce, Alex Diotto and D. Cunniff. It's a Comicsology original Uh, as you know i've been following youth for a while and each time there's a new season i'm like oh shit there's a new season of youth (laughs) so it's like surprise and i was surprised this week when it was in my uh uh uh, new uh, new releases um i couldn't remember where season two ended but i picked up season three and i was like oh yeah i remember now all those like teenagers that got powers when a random meteorite struck their car they found other teenagers that got struck by meteorites and now they're like forming some like x-men style you know hero group but also like mixing some chronicle and drugs and that tv show (laughs) skins if you know that um like that like that's what you're getting with youth and if you're into that you're getting more of it here um it's 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 pulpy it's gritty and you know i'm a big fan of kurt pierce and and um alex diotto in particular so i'm all in for youth season three uh, the main event. I don't know if you guys have read this book yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I was on my Marvel Unlimited scrolling around for something to read. And they were like, event guide, start here. And I was like, oh, I'll start a new thing, whatever. And there was this thing called AXE Judgment Day. <gasps> oh. So I started, here's what I read. I read AXE Eve of Judgment Day, AXE Judgment Day 1 through 6, AXE Death to Mutants number 1 through 3, Immortal X Men number 5 to 7, X Men number 13 to 14, X Men (laughs) Red number 5 to 7, Avengers number 60, AXE Avengers, AXE X Men, AXE Eternals, AXE Star Fox, and also legion of x number six because i like legion of x uh the only tie-ins i didn't actually end up reading were the x-force and wolverine ones because i am way behind on whatever the heck ben percy is doing over there in logan land and i need to catch up there (laughs) first um so once i do that I'll, i'll definitely catch up but anyway uh i'm kidding of course you guys talked up AXE a ton last year and i uh went down the dark crisis path which I loved and I enjoyed thoroughly, but I do have many regrets now that I've actually read AXE, Judgment Day, because this book (laughs) frickin' ruled, man! Like, it was so good from beginning to end, and I was like, oh god, what are we gonna get? Eternals versus Mutants, and like, you do for like, two pages, but then it's not that at all. Um, And not only that, like, Kieran Gillen did such an amazing job on like the main series and those kind of one-shot tie-ins but it also felt like everyone else that was doing a crossover book like was just also bringing their best a game as well like everything that was connected to this storyline felt awesome and cohesive and connected um the initial premise like i said of druids like war on the mutants war on the deviants was quickly like swept away, you know, after, of course, Uranus, like, lays massacre to Mars. But, you know, that happens. But, you know, that's kind of swept away as as the Judgment Day narrative gets subsumed by, like, the Progenitor and the Celestial and the thumbs up, thumbs down of the whole Earth. The stakes were so high. Everything was crazy. Every issue. And yet Gillen, like, brought his, like, classic Gillen postmodern, like, humor, deconstruction. Like, I think what makes it work is, like, it was so much about what makes – what, what is good? And like a good hero story is going to ask that question of like, what is good? Um, and I got to say too, like somewhere down the line, this is going to make an iconic, like MCU Mm -hmm. Eternals Avengers Mm -hmm. X-Men story. Like, it's going to be great. It's contained enough. The stakes are high enough. And like, I, I just think the characters are all there or changeable out. I thought everybody comes out of this book. Like, in a really interesting dynamic place Um, except the Avengers. I couldn't give two shits about them. They're just like extraneous (laughs) all the time, but like the X-Men come out in a better place. The Eternals are always interesting. That book has been great since Gillen took over. And was I bummed up about the cap revival reveal at the end of five, of course. Um, And I, but I I think actually the only reason why I was because ultimately I think that storyline lands, I think the only thing that made it unsavory for me is that they kind of like frame it as cap over Scott. And I think if they had just like not had that language in that mm. sequence, it would have been okay. You know, because ultimately like it, it's not a permanent thing. And I just didn't need the language that was like, we should revive Cyclops. And they're like, no, it must be Captain America. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, no, it shouldn't. <laughs> like, but if it had just been like, we need Captain America here to speak to like, I would have been like, okay, fine. That's fine. He can, he can somehow manifest a shield out of gold balls, eggs, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, But look, the book was amazing. I'm, I'm obviously very envious of you that got to read it, you know, week to week. Uh, But I'm, it's all beginning to end on Marvel unlimited right now. And uh, if you missed it, like I did, you can read it from top to bottom. And it is, it is, it is amazing and well worth all the attention that it got last year. Huh? Bang. Oh, man.
5: did you feel yeah. like as you were getting towards the end like when somebody when he would judge people you'd be like oh shit i forgot they're, they're judging folks <laughs> like, yeah.
2: that, like they're, uh, that, you know it's funny because because i wasn't reading it week to week and i was reading it in these big chunks and it's there's a reading order on marvel unlimited so i didn't read it like those series like by series i read it Mm -hmm. in the reading order so it was very interesting the reading order because it was like read the pre read the prelude and then read like one two three and then go back to read like x-men red immortal so it was like bouncing back and forth and actually it almost lumped all of the like the judgment stuff together so it actually Mm -hmm. felt very cohesive in terms of how the reading order was laid out on marvel unlimited I would um, truly forget. I would be like, yeah. oh, God damn, yeah. he's he is judging people. It is in the name. I forget. And yeah, the random like Avengers issue where like Hawkeye's walking around New York and like <laughs> and it, it was so random. And Mark Russell like I I don't think got the memo on like the actual nature of the event, but he wrote a great issue. <laughs> um uh and there's some great like Greg Land like uh, copying in there, you know, like which if if you really have a good eye for Greg Land art, like you know when he's copying himself, it's great. Like you, yeah, I'm at a very sophisticated <laughs> Greg Land eye right now in my life. Um, but yeah, no, I, I but that's like one of the things. Like there's so many elements of the story that I think are just like perfect for superhero comics. You know, like you have these characters who have these long histories of like doing what they think is right. And then you have this arbitrary God who's just like, no, you're not good enough. Or like, no, you're good enough. And, and ultimately the payoff of that at the end of that series is so good. Like it is so rich. I just, I, I, I almost threw up. I was like, this is, It when at the end when he's like, you didn't
0: pass, I failed. I was like,
2: Wah! oh my God, that was so good. So yeah, it was great.
0: <laughs> Anybody else want to jump in on Joey's books? I got nothing i mean it's like we
5: weren't even here no nope. it's like we weren't even talking we knew you'd get three here one months. Day.
2: well it's funny because like i don't know how this happened but anytime y'all's talking about judgment day i was somehow never on the show so i never like actually got like the full range of coverage of judgment day you know um so I, I just it, it did feel still fresh to me a lot of the a lot mm-hmm. of the um, moments in the book especially because I read so much of it like I didn't just read the main series I read so much of and I caught up on X Men Red and I caught up on Immortal and I caught up on X Men because I had to because of the sins of sinister stuff and I was like screw it let me just read all of a Judgment Day in a week and a half and it was. It was fantastic. It,
1: it didn't feel like a book that got spoiled that much either. Like there wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't like everywhere in the, the news sites and stuff. The Captain America thing, I kind of was out there. That didn't bother me as much as it bothered the, me. You three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you. I mean, because well, it, it's kind of set up where sinister is now and what's yes. going on. Yes. In sins of sinister. So I kind of see the through line there well, and the importance just... of that moment.
2: Yes, of course. Well,
5: yeah. not even just that, but it's also setting up now their new relationship with
2: yeah. humanity.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which
2: is great. Like I said, the payoff of it in issue six is fantastic. But again, I didn't have to wait a month. Yeah. after yeah. a random shield pops out of a gold ball right yeah. like it reminded me of the end of uh it reminded me of the end of issue three of siege john you probably remember oh, this. yeah 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 when, yeah. Like, yeah when like like norman osborne is like invading asgard and it's on the news and then like it cuts to captain america like with a cup of coffee in full uniform yeah. and he's like getting up from the couch and he's like ready to go and, like it's like and then i remember bendis giving an interview and be like what was i gonna have him in his pajamas like, yeah and a, and a bathrobe Like oh, i gotta get dressed no, of course, like it makes sense, you know. It was just going to be like a white muscular arm because, you know, in comics, it could be anybody. But, you know, it, 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 I think it, it, it made sense in terms of what happened immediately after for me. I and mean, then the Phoenix Foundation stuff makes sense. And now, now that we're into the Sins of Sinister. It makes sense even more because it de- definitely did lay some foundations for that. You should
5: have been an arm with a love Bucky tattoo on it, and then you would have known.
2: Aww. That would have been great. And it's funny because like I was thinking like, okay, how do you do this in the MCU with some of these characters gone? And I was like, you know, it'd be interesting to obviously to have Sam fill that role you know, that, that kind of like spearheading role would be fantastic. But I was thinking Tony has a great speech at the end of issue six, when he's like debating with the celestial and he's like, or he's talking to Jean or someone. And he's like, um, you know, if I did all these bad things and I'm able to be judged a good, if I'm able to still be called a hero, like that, I have, to, that something has to be right with us. And I was like, that would be so great to hear out of Bucky's mouth. Finally, after like mm-hmm. years of him trying to find this, like, amends or whatever like there are there's characters that like are are very easily slotted into these positions if they ever did want to do this story and i think of all the kind of recent stories featuring the eternals like what gillen has been doing is what gaiman did to allow chloe Zhao's
1: eternals Mm -hmm. to
2: happen i think gillen has now give them an given them a path for a future with that franchise
1: right and you can bring back some of those characters that maybe didn't make it out of the first movie. And I would love to have a, a movie narrated by Earth. Oh, be that, well,
2: that's the other thing. Like the, the narrate, like Gillen's narrative voice in oh, the it's fantastic. Earth and then the Celestial is amazing. Who knew Earth was snarky? I did. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, <no>. Anyway. <laughs> you got me over here on Marvel Unlimited. I'm looking at their <laughs> plan no. 70, 70 no no no! i'm not doing it i'm not doing
4: it steve you were trying to get a house right now
0: i know i know i can't afford it right now but don't make but, me
4: come inside you know from the, where i'm sitting chat, outside oh, your house right now
1: the chat is gonna light up like six months from now I'm like this axe thing is pretty good
0: <laughs> it's 70 bucks for the year
2: Oh, I know how much it is. I pay it every oh, month. Yeah, yeah, if, it, yeah. I'll tell you
0: this: if they if they cut down, it's what six months? Three months. You have to wait three months. Mm. It's, it's not long. bad. Ah, oh, it's not bad.
1: I tell you, DC, <laughs> DC's ruined that's all. And again,
2: I don't know. I, I don't know if I don't know if it was an X Force or Wolverine because again, I wasn't reading those. But the 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 eleventh hour appearance of Orcus in the episode in episode in issue six that felt the that was the only thing that felt out of left field for me because i I, maybe i missed a Mm tie-in somewhere i'm trying to um, refresh
5: where did they pop in
2: they just pop in at the end when like there's no like there's like less than a billion humans left on earth and like it's like who's gonna help us now all the heroes are freaking dead and like orcus (laughs) rolls in like you know like nimrod's like ha ha pew 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 um (laughs) and there's like one panel of it and i'm like was did i miss this was this in a tie-in no I no. Orcus, Orcus for me is so annoying. Like I <laughs> like I just like it's like that peacock guy in X Force. It's like. What the hell are we doing here with this? Like, it just seems to be this like storyline that's just being dragged out and out and not in a cool way. Like the vault, it's no. just like this, like, r- like Nimrod's floating around the sun. And anytime it comes back around orbit, he's like, pew, 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 and then he gets like back around <laughs> orbit. It's like, Oh yeah. my God, we get it. You're a robot. Jesus.
5: It, it yeah. feels like Hickman Orcus... had a plan
1: for them. And then yes. he, and then he bailed.
5: Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I literally, what I was about to say, I feel like it was an idea that was unfulfilled.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I gotta say that like, and again, we'll get to it when we get to sins of sinister. But like, it finally does feel, and maybe because it's like Gillen and Duggan have a, a, a clear kind of pathway now with the storyline they're telling with with Mister Sinister. But it does feel like the X Men have a clearer path now than they have in the last maybe year. It does feel like things are starting to connect again, um, which is cool. And again, I don't know what Ben Percy's doing over in his corner, but you know what? He's got like, he's got like a hundred issues to his name uh, with Wolverine on the cover. So like, good for him. You know,
1: it's the one Wolverine run that I've stuck with. I mean, I'm reading it on unlimited. So I'm three months behind, but it's yeah. been, it's been engaging from the beginning. You didn't do uh Millar. Oh, the enemy of the state. Yeah. yeah but that was only like a year. That was like 12 issues. Yeah, felt yeah like Miller better. Miller, and uh, John Romita Jr.
2: Yeah,
1: I just don't I like John did, Romita um... Jr.'s Wolverine. I think I even oh, like yeah. John Romita Jr. on Spider-Man.
2: I did a lot of uh, um, Daniel well, oh, Way when he was doing it. Oh,
1: yeah. I remember Rucka. Yeah. I liked Rucka and Robertson's. Yeah. When they were trying to make him the biker guy. Yeah. And Wolverine's then Lobe, hard. Lobe. Did you read Loeb with all the, the, the animals? The John, feral? I'm going to
2: tell you this right now because you and I are the only ones that understand this. I don't know why Loeb keeps creeping back into my life, but anytime, like, like, and and Chris, you understand this now too. Like Jeff Loeb is like, he's just like this, like this, like what's the, what's the STD that keeps coming back? (laughs) Like herpes, herpes it follows. You
6: know?
2: It, it follows. follows. Jeff Loeb follows. That's the name of the show. Jeff Loeb follows. <laughs> he really it's does. Like, it's we had like another Jeff
1: be... Loeb outbreak on your face, yeah. buddy. Like yeah.
2: you'll be re- like you'll be reading Mark Millar's Wolverine or whatever, and then it'll be like issue fifty nine, Mark Millar, issue sixty, Jeff Loeb, and it's like what? <laughs> when did this happen?
4: Like, just like, what, 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 what's going on here? You know, and ever like, learned that comics don't need a wall of text. No, yeah. no, well, I just
1: remember him trying to make it that Wolverine and Sabretooth were evolved, like literal Actual, animals.
4: Yes. <laughs> and then and there's like
1: the wolf God out there <laughs> who had sired them both and all this, and, and I was you like, know what? Romulus,
2: oh Romulus. That's, that's, that that's where the blade came from. The Miramasa blade came from that. And 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 that the, <laughs> the only reason why that book came into my life is because Simone Bianchi was oh, yeah. yeah. And he was on all the books. And like, if you if like his books, his art was so cool at the time, nothing looked like that. So mm-hmm. like, oh, that looks cool. I'm reading it. I'm like, this is weird. Wolverine evolved from an actual Wolverine, like <laughs> inspired by a wolf god from a thousand years ago. That's weird. <laughs> Who wrote Love this it. shit? you <laughs> fucking low.
1: <laughs> you know the problem with Simone Bianchi though is he'd do like three issues, and then the next issue would be like the most non-Bianchi work ever. It'd be like, yeah. here's be like- house artist A, and it'd be <laughs> like, <stick, laughs> it look like stick figures next to yeah. the first three. issues
2: <laughs> oh. Anyway, Steve. It's your show.
4: I'm very happy anytime we can rant about Jeff Loeb. That like woke me up there. Oh, the humanity. Activated me.
0: I need to bottle your energy, Joey. That was amazing.
2: <laughs> I'm, look, I'm in a good mood. All right. Mary I'm not Bucks usually in a good, good mood on this show, you know? So. Usually the bad boy
4: of the show, but.
2: Yeah, I'm usually the ornery. I'm usually the cranky uncle over here. <laughs>
4: Aww, that's, don't steal
0: it's... Bob's bit how dare
4: you <laughs> it's, it's cute that you think that Joey Bob has that copyrighted
0: yeah I know <laughs> I, had to, I, had just, I had to
2: just pay him a royalty just then Joey <laughs> is our resident
0: backstager that's what that is
2: Hey, that's my a. superhero name according to uh, oh no was I the stage manager or
1: the? I think I was the stage They're manager mo- mo- oh Mocha's mo- mo- happy yeah,
2: did you mo- get
4: her the popcorn
2: was that Mocha? That was Mocha. Mocha, was Mocha. Mocha's like yeah. Mocha's like. She's not like a twenty Kujo. year old man now. <laughs> yeah. she's like, she's basically like, Kujo. I remember when she was like when she was like
1: rough, rough
0: jazz. Let's move on to another lightning round, shall we? Oh, God. <laughs> Chris, it's your turn.
4: Whoa. Okay. I wasn't expecting this, wow. <laughs> okay, so I am still in my I want to read nothing but slice of life comics mode, so that's what we're here for, but I read some with a big twist this time around. So my first one up was Blood Knot, which is the cutest story about a bunch of slasher villains you are ever going to read in your life.
6: And it is subscribe.
4: <laughs> It is basically a polycule workplace comedy about the villains and all the horror movies who are secretly a couple behind the scenes or a polycule behind the scenes. And it is hilarious. Every episode is just like completely treating it like it's a normal day-to-day job. Like they're they clock out at five o'clock no matter what's happening, you know, even if a victim's in mid-kill. It's amazingly funny um i i read the whole thing it's also extremely horny so not for like the young readers it is very steamy um i also read john because i saw you were going to be on the show how to cult 101
1: i'm intrigued (laughs) tell me more
4: this is also this is a slice of life story about the video blog the vlog if you will of a cult leader in the process of becoming a cult leader. <laughs> As he has one extremely unwilling uh, follower at this point and is working on building his following while making a how to be a cult leader style vlog, it is <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> um, <laughs> I loved it so much. Uh, If your slice of life needs are a little among the sweeter side, lemon soda and coffee is a very cute romance. Um, You'll just become immediately obsessed with the characters as this one guy who just has the worst luck in the world moves next door to this girl. He saw one time and thought maybe he would have hit it off with, but now he has to deal with the fact that they actually have to talk on a regular basis no, um, <laughs> oh, it's a nightmare for him. <laughs> but, um, it's extremely adorable. It is basically dopamine directly to the brain. Uh, fully recommend if you need something for your sweet tooth. And if you want your sweet tooth a little bit more vampire fang, I recommend dandelion tea, which is a a sweet, like pastel palette-colored webtoon featuring a uh, vampire witch creature who is possibly slowly and accidentally falling in love with a witch hunter who doesn't know he is one. <laughs> um, it is it's chaotic Romeo and
3: Juliet all over again.
4: It is, except neither one of them know they're Romeo and Juliet. Is the there thing. Um, it's really cute. It's very pastel. People drink tea and have like cute conversations. It's like a coffee shop story, but with witches and witch hunters and uh, a secret war that seems to be going on casually in the background. Um, so if you want your slice of life comics, go with that. And if you want the same vibe, but you're feeling like playing a Switch game, I recommend playing Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion, yes. which is basically like if you ever wanted to play a Legend of Zelda but said that looks a little too hard and what if it was cuter? Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion is for you. (laughs) Um, It's adorable. It's got this really dry sense of humor. And you basically play this little turnip boy in a little veggie world who has to go on all these quests because he committed tax evasion. And now he is indebted to the mayor. And that is the entire plot line, and it is an incredibly fun game. I recommend playing it while listening to audiobooks or, say, this podcast, for example, and uh, having yourself a good old time. And that is my lightning round.
3: Chris, I have to say, the, the first time I looked at your list of books, I yes. saw that as Trump boy commits tax evasion. I did <laughs> too. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not just me.
4: Uh, you know, would make yeah. sense. It sense.
2: Accurate, <laughs> that's, accurate. That's what we call in. That's what we call in the business an allegory.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. man. Thank you, professor.
3: Uh, the other thing, though, I definitely because John was here, I dove into how to cult one hundred and one, and so cute, so adorable. <laughs> it is. As we talked about some of your other webtoons, it is so much the old fashioned four panel yeah. comic strip. Yeah. Day by day, there's a, there's a setup, a punchline, there's great stuff, or our lead Rez. Yes. And they're, they only follower at this point with Tom yeah. cut out, Tell, yeah. that, that, that does impact <laughs> things here and there. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun as we have this how to guide of, well, you need to have offerings and but if you have a gathering, you need to consider your decor. Yes. Have fun activities, like the Eldritch shot or fireball potato. It It's just, it's really smart. And to do really smart across four or five images a day
6: yeah, or
3: once a week or whatever, it, it, it's there's some really clever, smart things going on in this book. So for it, its simplicity book it's mm-hmm. webtoon i'm sorry i'm old um, <laughs> that's all
6: right
3: i'm the cranky old uncle sorry joe um, uh, it, it is it. every every episode lets you smile and laugh and wink and nod at yourself as oh yeah i thought that too and so on uh thank yeah. you for bringing this to the table loved it
4: absolutely if you enjoyed that you gotta check out blood knot and tell me what you think of that one because i oh, feel like these are,
3: your yeah, I'm in. yeah
4: it's right right on your like wheelhouse <laughs>
0: Uh, Chris, I need your help.
4: Yeah. Yes.
0: How did you find Blood Knot? Because I've been sitting here okay. typing stuff okay. into this In, before, like ever since I, you started writing around.
4: Wildly like and inexplicably, it's like the fifth one down, even if you spell it correctly. I don't know why. Um, it is a canvas original, so you could search on the canvas part. Um Actually, I think all the ones I brought today are Canvas Originals because this is Canvas Week. And do I, as a person with a Webtoon show, know the difference between Webtoons and Canvas Webtoons? No, I have no idea what it is. But if you click the Canvas button, you should be able to find these faster.
0: I'll tell you, I typed in (laughs) Blood Knot into the search engine. Yeah, It gave me three things
4: and and then I clicked
0: a button and it's given me 24 things and it still is not giving me Blood Knot.
1: I mean oh, the no. same boat. I did the same thing and I'm okay. getting
0: weird handles
1: and Let me... blood ink and all sorts of
4: okay I'm, weirdness. I'm, I'm is it
1: on it.
3: It's not.
4: I think I okay, here we go. I have it. I'll send it to the chat.
0: Whoa. I don't think I've ever been in this canvas section. This is awesome. What is this? The yeah. Ink Apprentice.
4: It's, I don't know. My understanding, (laughs) as vaguely as I could possibly give it, is that Canvas is like, it's like trial runs for creators that don't have a big following, I believe. But I might be wrong on that because I've never found like a great explanation of what they are. But they are like a whole other section of comics. I put it in our our chat there for everybody. There's
0: some awesome looking stuff in in here in this section. I'll tell you, man, like Webtoon is just a... a treasure trove of stuff to read it never ends
4: it doesn't it's
0: so good oh i love it
4: i mean part of why it never ends is because it's inexplicably impossible to navigate so you're always finding something new that you have no idea why you haven't been able to find before so that is part of it
0: (laughs) uh you know what else doesn't end my love for turner boy commits tax evasion i one day when i was exploring um Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass. I found that game on there, and so I downloaded it. I booted it up, and I played through the entire game in one sitting.
4: It's really addictive.
0: Does anybody remember an old NES game from uh, HAL Laboratory called Adventures of Lolo? Hmm. Anyone at all? You're like this little blue, uh, like circle and you have keys that you find and you have to push things around to kind of solve like um environmental puzzles to get to the next room anyway turnip boy commits tax evasion reminds me of the adventures of lolo mixed with like chris said um the uh zelda the zelda yeah. legend of zelda my god yeah uh, and it's got really snarky humor to it. The, the combat is really fun, but also very simple. It's kind of hard to die in the game. Oh yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's, really it's just hard. like this enjoyable, funny breeze from beginning to end. And like I said, like I sat down and I didn't get up until it was done. So you can beat it in a couple of hours, maybe like three hours, four tops. Uh, You can finish it. It's, absolutely fantastic if you have game pass it is a no-brainer you should absolutely absolutely check it out
4: so apparently it is bud clot
0: (laughs) (laughs) your
1: spell check has been killing me i found some weird webtoon about these people living on the beach and i'm like this cannot be what chris
4: is talking about It's not even-turn somewhere. It's not even it's not even a typo. I just apparently my secret's out. I can't read.
0: There's few people on this podcast that can't read now. What the hell is that? No, wrong
4: I'm sorry. Oh my it's my, my, my true picture, confession. Steve. My true confession. I never could read. <laughs> You know what's sad is I just posted that link and I still didn't notice it was spelled wrong.
0: Listen, listen, I know it's been I, a it's it's been a long week. I know it's only Monday, but it's been a long it's week. It's been
4: the longest week, everybody. <laughs> I just want to go back and commit tax evasion some more, okay? Leave okay. me
0: alone. <laughs>
6: That's awesome. oh, that's so good chris before we
0: uh, before we move on yes. um did you happen you went out to go and hang out with some friends over the weekend did you get tattooed that's this no weekend. that's
4: that's right john yes i, I did hang out with uh Jadzia axelrod last weekend so that's probably what you're thinking of but this uh, yes. weekend i'm going to hang out with ben con and colleen and get tattooed so, nice yeah,
1: not that, not that I know your calendar, Chris. But, you
4: know. No, I mean, mm-hmm. as joint cult leaders, we have to yes. have a shared Google calendar, or else I things understand. get really yes. messy. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: it's on the cult yeah, vision agree. board. It's it's the it, we way, do.
4: We have that. It's it's we do.
3: sacrifices if you don't compare notes. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, there was that one day we both showed up with a, like, goat sacrifice. It was so embarrassing. Like, God. I
1: I was supposed to bring the virgin. You were bringing the goat. What the hell? I
4: know. And I I brought a virgin goat, which I don't even know know how to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All our bases are covered.
4: All bases covered. (laughs)
0: Sorry, just writing down potential episode. <laughs> <over here. laughs>
4: and that's the kind of humor you can find in How to yeah. Cult 101. So you should definitely read that one too. I'll tie it back which, in. We which did
0: it. is its actual
1: name. Which
4: is its actual name. I would just like to remind you all how far I've come from the days of not knowing the title of anything I read ever. So this is somewhat better. <laughs>
0: Gay, gay wolf book. All gay over wolf book.
1: Gay it's... wolf book all day long. All day long.
4: Look, they're really, I'm, good. I'm re- they're really good, right? I'm rereading them right now and I love them so much. It brings me such joy. Mm.
3: Well, I'm more than you, halfway through. How to Cult, by the way. There is a Venom appearance. Yes. Just
4: saying. <laughs> yes, there is. Oh, love it. My dude, Venom.
0: All right. Well, now that I've added five more webtoon <laughs>
4: Yay! So I my list.
0: Thanks very much. You're welcome. We're going to move on <laughs> to Aaron.
4: <laughs>
0: oh, hold
5: on. Bookmark these shoes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are we ready? All right. So I got two technically – well, technically two books, but three books. But I think were, both of these books really just – Blew me away. It had me feeling all kinds of emotions this weekend. So um, as I was reading, the first is uh, GCPD, the blue wall. We talked about this previously. Yes. John Ridley, Reiko coming. So just to catch you up super briefly, Renee Montoya, the new commissioner, uh, alongside, well, not alongside, but in, alongside story-wise, three new recruits to the uh, GCPD, each of whom is, you know, wanting to do the, you know, give back, save the world you know, protect and serve thing, but each coming up against each all four of them coming up against their own hurdles. Renee uh, still dealing with uh, the trauma of what happened to her. Uh, thank you, John, for catching me up uh, in, at the hands of Two-Face in another book altogether, uh, while at the same time trying to maybe deal with the trauma of that and obsessing over him a little bit. And these three recruits who are each people of color um, and, you know, different genders, all coming up against their own sort of hurdles in the police force, Um, things that they were, things that happened to them and things that they did that may have been perceived, you know, in ways that probably weren't true, all have an impact on them. So we find ourselves dealing with that. We, it it continued to escalate through the issues. And so I find myself at issue three um, with it really just sort of ramping up for each one of them. One made a decision that sort of ended their career, um, you know, purposefully. The other two sort of shifted directions, but we learned towards the end, and I'm not gonna spoil it, but we learn towards the end, the directions they shifted in are polar opposites. Um, now, these three are friends who all came in with the same same desire, but really, really took different paths. And what Ridley is so good at is telling that story, literally from the perspective of each one of them with completely different and distinct voices that speaks to their own experiences. I don't know how he does that. Um, it, it really is amazing the way he does. it. And each each issue has added a layer of depth to depth to the story, and has accomplished something that I have talked about a little bit in the past. I think when we were doing the other history books, when he, those other books that he did, um, where we talked about Rene Montoya and we talked about you know I think uh, Black Lightning, et cetera, et cetera, where he mixes in the dc universe proper with the realities of the world um which i don't know if anyone else has ever really done you know except for maybe you know writers of you know black lightning or or, you know whomever else he mixes in those two things and makes it work this is not a superhero book for anyone who's thinking about picking it up it's not a superhero book it really isn't It is a drama. It is a well-written drama. It has elements of that superhero universe that you're accustomed to, but it's not a superhero book. Um, Renee is dealing with her own sense of, I think it's a sense of imposter syndrome uh, while at the same time moving forward with the changes that she wants to make to the GCPD. She ultimately wants to make sure that they are not reliant on Batman, who has so far not shown up in this book at all. that they are not reliant on Batman, but rather can stand as a police force on their own, while at the same time dealing with her own confidence and whether or not she deserves to be there. She's comp- whether she's competent enough to be here. It's it's just a variety of things. Well, there's a point in I believe it was yeah the end of issue three where she advises one of the police uh, young police recruits to essentially make a decision figure out what they want to do and how they're going to do it and to get used to the fact that your job is just going to suck a good portion of the day. I don't think it had the, the intent, you know, the the result that she intended. Let me just say that much. Um, Again, I don't want to spoil it, but um, you, you get to read issue four with a narrative from his perspective and it escalates slowly but it escalates right up until that final page and you are just like damn okay well (laughs) unfortunately in the climate that we live in today it's a little bit too on the nose right now but but it is it is real and it is there and it is told well and i i i cannot wait to see where they pick pick up you know with this story Um, and issue five so i i have really been enjoying it that final page is just yeah it's it's something my next book the magic order four number one hasn't been too long since the magic order three uh wrapped up but now we see why this book picks up literally where the last one left off Um, volume three ended with a really story altering cliffhanger um, that really did shift the dynamic of the entire book. There are quite a few things that happened in Volume 3 that actually did that in small ways, move the needle in small ways, one of, one of which is a decision that Cordelia Moonstone had to make um, that was gut-wrenching, and, and just it really just was a sucker punch, but it was one that the character knew she had to make, the, the ones impacted knew she had to make, but it was still a shitty shitty choice to have to make and something to have to to enact because, you know, she's got to maintain law and order. Well, there's reverberations from that decision because it got those in the magical community looking to say, well, shit, if she's got the cojones to do that to this person, what the hell is she going to do when she finds out what we got going on over here? Um, And that coupled with a little bit of a, that cliffhanger that i was telling you talking about earlier really has everyone second guessing how they want their world to run um and it it's got people making choices they're picking sides basically lord returned. return is essentially <laughs> what is what is happening and now people are picking sides um and is, this issue was basically i mean i don't even read game i watch game of thrones but this issue was 22 pages of red wedding it was just <laughs> yeah. people were buying it. They were just, it was, it was stressful. I'm just going to say it was a stressful read. Um, I did want to point out uh, because you may remember me talking in previous episodes about volume three's art, not really doing it for me, but the story still holding, you know, true to, to what Millar was doing. Uh, I should have said, I'm sorry. Uh, Mark Millar, Ruan, I'm, gonna, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. That art in Volume 4, first issue, knocks it out of the park. It is stellar. Um, it is a perfect accompaniment to the story that's being told here. The dark tones and colors and use of shadow and perspective, it is grand and awe-inspiring. It is, I loved it. I actually went back and sort of, after I read it, just sifted through the pages. I'm almost watching it like a film, like, like a silent film, and it was equally as sort of jaw-dropping so i am very happy with the story being told here um there is going to be some big shifts and changes and impacts to this story and i i'm certain at this point just from issue one not everyone's going to come out of it alive um (laughs) you know we've been we've been treated with i think with the first three volumes with there always being a a card left up someone's sleeve um, that Saves the day to a degree. There's been casualties along the way, uh, but there's usually a card if someone saves that saves the day. I don't know what that card can be in this story, so it's. I, I feel like this is going to be a balls to the wall. Everyone, all cards on the table. It's all coming out now. So I am on board. If you have not been on board, you need to get on board just to get up to where we are now because it is worth it. And that is my lightning round.
0: Go. I had to double check to see which issues of GCPD, the blue wall, that you had read, realizing that we're only up to issue three. So when you kept talking about the last page, I'm looking and I'm reading and I'm reading and I'm like, what is he talking about? What is he talking about? <laughs> and then I realized that you're an issue ahead. And now I'm literally dying to know what you know. <laughs> I it is... Yikes. Go ahead. I could put it in the chat for you if you want. No, but, uh. no, no, no. <laughs> I, res- I respect what they're doing with this series too much to have it go down like that. I love, love this book. I started reading this uh, the, when I was in Ottawa for Christmas and read the first two issues and absolutely loved it. Um, it gets so in the heads of the characters that you follow this and it really does remind me of Gotham Central an awful lot, but it's asking a lot of important questions, and it's interesting to see how like fresh recruits into the GCPD can be corrupted or taken advantage of, or have to take the fall for their superiors, and just the way all of that spirals out and down. It's um, it's a gritty ass book, and it's real good, and it's got some of the best uh, Two Face and Renee stuff. That I've seen that scene of him uh, when he approaches her in the alleyway mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and has that kind of one on one, almost a heart to heart with her. Uh, and like the way that the art is displayed, where all the all the most of the dialogue is coming out of the two faced side of his face. So it instills this level of doubt in you as you're reading these really sincere words and. Like I'm I'm reading a book right now where Batman goes to great lengths to believe in the villains that he's faced off with in the past and believe that they can change. And so I had Detective in my head while I was rereading GCPD The Blue Wall. And here I am feeling all sympathetic toward Two-Face and believing every word that he says. And this whole thing about like, don't obsess over me. I'm not worth it. And Mm -hmm. like to put you at ease, I'm not doing anything right now. I will eventually and eventually you and I will meet on different circumstances. But for right now, I'm just laying low and doing my thing. And you're one of the few good people that I respect and have have ever met in Gotham. Don't lose that.
5: Because it's like it's the perfect mind fuck. I mean, if you look at it, because he's basically saying, listen, you're coming after me. Right now, you're literally obsessing over me for this one particular crime. And I'm telling you, I I didn't do it. Uh, I'm not telling you I'm not going to do one. He goes, more than likely, he's basically saying, more than likely, I will. He goes, don't know when, don't know how, but when it happens, you and I are going to end up on the opposite side of this. But I'm telling you, for your own sake just bide your time and wait don't don't obsess over me now just wait for it to happen and when it happens ha- it happens and you'll deal with it then but for now move on with your life that's essentially what you're so of course no one can do that <laughs> because now that's all she can think about
0: yeah I'm like it's, it's a, a, a really it's a really good story the three characters that it centers around and then Montoya included uh are all all of their stories are really great all the threads that they're pulling on I just of the three of the three issues that scene with two-face are you reading detective at all i'm not anymore okay because there's a lot of two-face going on like there's stuff going Mm -hmm. on with him right now that i wonder how much crossover there is and if what's happening to him in that story is also happening to him here but this feels very isolated is he doing community service picking up trash on the side of the road
3: (laughs) no (laughs) he's got that stick with the nail at the end of it yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah, no,
0: he literally does in this book. <laughs> really? Yeah, he literally does. Is uh, it weird that I wouldn't mind an afternoon of doing that? Like, sometimes I'm driving down the road and I'll see trash on the sides who's of the roads and I'll wild. be like, you know, like just give me Aww. some headphones, don't run me over, and I'll pick up some trash for a little while. See, Something this is why, why are, they... <laughs>
5: Yeah. He's smoking the wacky tobacco. No, well, yeah,
0: <laughs> but no. This
4: is this <laughs> is why you play cozy games. All of that, and you don't have to go outside. It's perfect.
2: Commit some crimes, bro. Yeah, or
6: that. <laughs> yeah,
2: or or the
0: other end of the spectrum. And then, and then I'll get to pick up the garbage. To.
2: Just or just got some, Join I got our- some
4: warrants out. You want you want to take that up? <laughs> join some cults. Uh, you know ours, for instance. Yes. Clean up our trash, and then when you get caught, clean up trash forcibly. You'll get all the trash you can want.
0: Or you can just clean your basement and move on with it.
4: I mean, well, that's not as fun. Look,
0: <laughs> all I've been doing for the past couple of weeks is cleaning and packing. My God, it's part of part of that's why terrible. my lightning round is so thin this week. It's been a lot, Good people. Job. It's a
1: lot. Aaron. Go. Magic order. Holy <laughs> crap. Um, I loved... Magic Order 1, Miller and uh, Coppell. I thought that was... I think Was it you who said it's Harry Potter meets Sopranos? Yeah. Actually, yeah. said that. Coppell yeah, told me that. that, that, that yeah, that's right. And then the second one with Immamen on art, I thought, really extended the story. That third volume, I, I, I checked out. That art checked out on... It was I rough. Just, I, I love Miller, but I'm sorry... Or I love some Miller. Some Miller I could do without. Um... Anyway, he, that there was so much in that volume. And so when you mm-hmm. posted last night, Aaron started posting pictures of, of volume four taunting me. Um, <laughs> And so I went, I, I, I got all the of volume three and I hammered through it last night and today. And that was a really dense read is a really good read, but there's people in that book that you feel like they're like, child murdering bastards and then you find out they were right, they were um, right yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're That's like oh kids. my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> that last that, that last page was like holy <laughs> crap he was right yeah, um you spent two issues like no 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 like, not shit, <laughs> shit what'd we do um and then what happened to the brother and everything it was just yep. like that was just tense and then we jump right into four. This really could be issue number 7 of 3. I think they just could. I think he's just doing volumes probably for when this becomes a Netflix show. That could be a season cliffhanger and boom and the runes artwork fits so perfectly with those first two volumes. It's beautiful. From it's from beautiful. the artwork to the colors, it's that deep, rich feel to it. The characters, I mean, you were absolutely right. I don't know the last time I was this tense reading a book, like what's going to happen next. I was clenched like the whole time. And then I'm still <laughs> waiting for uncle Edgar to figure out what the hell he is. Yes. And I'm like, there are so many, like just so many balls in the air with this story. I really can't wait to see how it, cause I can't imagine this going on maybe volume four or five. I can't imagine it going on further than that. There's gotta be a conclusion coming. It, yeah. And it's going it's, to be a really huge payoff. Up the yeah. yeah, it's really picking
5: up the stakes. I feel like Uncle Edgar is going to wreck some shot. Yeah, but is it going to be good uh, or bad? See, <laughs> it, it, it depends on where our little uh, cliffhanger. I'm just going yeah. to what gonna call it
1: and The then, little and cliffhanger. Then, and then we we have the the peace offering from. I mean, Leonard Oof. Leonard Limestone revealed so much in Volume Three, and then wow, that was a date that went bad. Yeah. Um, it was. And I'm trying to be cryptic here because if people haven't read it yet. You you owe yourself. If you checked out on the artwork, go back. I, I was the same way. And it, it, it doesn't grow on you, but it becomes um palatable. The story accommodates yeah, it. The, the story the story, the story makes
5: up for where the art I think yeah. lets you down. because um, there's a lot. And and John asked me, he's like, Can I just pick up four without three? And I'm like, no, nope, <laughs> no.
1: Nope.
5: Not at all.
1: And I don't think I don't I don't think me and Aaron mean to shit on the art because I think on another book that art would be fine. Yeah. Yeah, but it just didn't fit this book.
5: Yes, yeah. this story is very noir and, mm-hmm. and and grand, and it's there's so many characters that somehow all in some way get their due because there's a lot of one of the things about this book is that there's rarely there's very few scenes where there's just one character that's focused on. Yeah. It. Um, yeah, most of the scenes where the magic order is is usually the magic order in its entirety or in some you know, yeah. configuration of them. So each character does get their page time, um, and although you know who is at the head of the, the magic order, it's not she's she's not the the singular protagonist of the book. As a matter of fact, yeah. I think she was probably in.
1: She was of only in volumes, a couple of scenes the, yeah. in this book. Yeah, yeah, and in volume three, I don't think she was. No, it was more I, uh, her yeah. dad and her, yeah. step-mom, her stepmom and yeah. Sunny Sa- and Regan yeah. and all that. But and then three, I think really it was the colors. The yeah. colors were too vibrant in in volume three, yeah. and they are so dark. That scene in the ocean, Oof. holy crap! If we still did panels of the year. That might win already. It was amazing. It really mm-hmm. was
5: amazing. That's that's something I would put on my wall.
1: Yeah, so. that would be something I would love to own the original too. Y'all gotta get on it. I'm just saying,
0: Bob, it's, you would love. I'm this on book.
4: it. <laughs> Yeah, so, that was it. aggressive.
0: <laughs> I read the first volume and I've got all the rest. I'm good to go. By next week, so I will have joined the club. Watch okay. watch
5: me hook Bob. Everyone stand back. I'm watching. Bob. Okay. Are you listening? I'm listening. There is a very similar feel you get from this that you get from Bridget.
3: Oh, Mm. Secret word is action. Bridget for this evening. Okay, that,
5: that that story, that that depth, that that sort of ratcheting up of anxiety, a hint here and there of humor, but not as much in this one. Um, but the stakes are there, and it's continuing to escalate. So I'm just
3: saying, just saying, this.
5: I think you would enjoy this book. I really, really do.
3: I take your word. See, I will see what I can do.
0: Sounds like a dare.
4: <laughs> it really does.
0: <laughs> he, Aaron knows what it he's doing over. now.
5: <laughs> I know. I know
4: what I'm Aaron, do you do you think I would like it or no? Out of curiosity.
5: I think. Uh, let me think about that. Actually, I um, think you would.
4: Okay, John. Some of the I, you I, you I like trust you. I do like murder. Yeah, you're yeah, very you right. I'm extremely, extremely pro murder. <laughs> 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 I do. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. All right, all right. If if my, if my co-cult definitely. leader says so, I believe it. Try
1: yeah. uh, volume there, one. There if, if if is, volume one will hook
5: you, okay. Yeah, there is there is if you connect with Once in Future, I think you'll can you can con- you connect with
4: okay, yeah. It
1: and there's a lot of Lovecraftian fit. monsters in this.
4: <sighs> I love a Lovecraftian okay. monster. Okay, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm in. And, uh, and I also appreciate to-
1: that.
5: Even though the magic order is supposed to be sort of like the, the arbiters, it's not, they're not these like highly virtuous people. They're just like, they got to do their job. They, they were born into these roles and, you know, they got to pay this, the bills they got to go to work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They got to they follow the rules and they had to they survive COVID. Screwed. <laughs> that was something that sort of threw me. They, the first time yeah. I've seen
1: COVID mentioned at all in any one of these yeah. books. Like, like wow, all my tours okay. got canceled because of COVID, and I was like, "Wow, that's, here, here we go!" I was like, look at you slapping me back into reality. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Thanks, mindless fiction, for making it real. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
5: so anyway, that's me. That's, that's the light there. I'll go.
0: Got some catching up to do, Steve.
6: Okay. Listen, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't
0: need, need your guff. I'll, I'll, I'll find the time. I'll figure yeah, you need it out. To get on that issue four. I need to get on volume two first.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I just downloaded volume one, so maybe we can there catch up go. together.
0: I loved volume one. I thought volume one was awesome. So I'm looking forward to di- diving back in. So fun. <sighs> Mr. Bob. Ah. The time has come. <laughs> nope.
6: <laughs> so.
3: Leading off is Saga Number 61 by Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughan with Letters by Phonographics. It's kind of a setup issue for this new season of Saga, which isn't to say that it wasn't wonderful in and of itself. But what's being teased here, particularly with the final few pages, well now... Things Mm -hmm. might take a huge turn, one that might cause some gasps in the audience. And I'd love to hear what everyone else has to say about this as we come to the end. For good or ill, uh, who knows? Next up, Catwoman One Bad Day by G. Willow Wilson, Jamie McKelvey, and Clayton Cowles. I'm not clear about what this One Bad Day branding is about. But the chance to read a Wilson-McKelvey collaboration had me pre-roaring this sight unseen to start with without spilling too much. This is a wonderfully crafted high story centering on a brooch that Selena is after with twists on twists on twist. that will have you guessing until the final pages. You got a great story, fabulous art. And to me, I uh, maybe I'm on the outside of this. You don't have to be reading any of the other one bad day books, nor any Batman nor Catwoman titles to get a huge kick out of Catwoman one bad day. Now, before the dawn of DC, we fans of their old time, shall I say, golden crepuscule, thanks to Thelonious Monk for that wonderful word. <laughs> we we've had the chance to to sort of wrap their hearts around what Jeff Johns is laying down, and this week is Justice Society of America number two, art by Mikhail Yanin, Jerry Ordway, Scott Covis, Colors by Jordi Belair, and John Caliph, Letters by Rob Lee. We're still here in, in a setup phase with the action happening across multiple time periods. But our touchstone for everything seems to be the Huntress, who in this series is returned to origins as Helena Wayne, daughter of Selina Kyle and Bruce Wayne. Yeah, throw in a classic JSA villain, the time-traveling Perdegaton, alongside mm-hmm. some new characters. And to me, this is a, just a fine addition to, to the overview of the, the mythos of all this Justice Society stuff. A quick aside, there's a two-page spread where Helena meets the JSA that just had me smiling throughout, and I've gone back to like two or three times already just to see it, and you talk about wanting to own something, I'd love to own that piece of artwork. Finally, a book I spoke about last time around with great anticipation, and that's Blackula, Return of the King by Rodney Barnes, Jason Schroen-Alexander, and Marshall Dillon. And I got to say, it delivered on... All counts and pun intended. Sorry, not sorry. For those who've never seen, thank you, Chris. For those who've sorry. never seen *Blacula*, I was delayed,
4: but I got there. Yeah, the
3: nineteen seventy-two film directed by William Crane, starring William Marshall. This graphic novel is still more than worth your time, as it is very creepy. Uh, it's a per, per, pervasive atmosphere of just impending doom with our lead character, Prince Momawaldi, portrayed as a majestic, tragic figure whose humanity still shows through his vampiric curse. For fans of the movie, such as myself, you have to pick this up. I showed this to my friends Dawn and Ed over the weekend, and they were absolutely geeked, already ordering two copies for themselves. story picks up with Waldi's soul escaping from hell, and re-inhabiting his buried corpse, rising into the Los Angeles night to exact vengeance on the person responsible for that curse, Count Dracula himself, who's now a part of the L.A. nightlife, as, you know, if you're a hip, that's where you got to be, I guess. We <laughs> also meet our supporting cast, reporter Tina Thomas, who's on the trail of a series of mysterious killings, hmm. and a young person named Cross, whose life was shattered during Dracula's original reign of terror. Now, Mr. Barnes' story centers on all this sort of stuff, capturing all the facets of what made Momowaldi both a monster and a figure of tragedy back in 72. Weaves in flashbacks to that screenplay by Joan Torres and Raymond Koenig. And I gotta say, I- I'm sure changing the art by Jason Sean Alexander when I say it's incredible. It's moody, dynamic, beautifully realistic, but still otherworldly and fantastic. Again, you're a fan of... of those William Marshall movies you need to be picking up. Black Hill, if you want to read a gritty horror book, that's there for you, too. If you know nothing about this character, you'll get all you need out of this from Zombie Love Studios, no less. So that, that, is, that is it for me. I'm
4: okay. excited to read Catwoman in a month when it's on the app, but it oh, looks good. I love it. I'm excited for it.
1: <laughs> it's so good It it's and, and bob's right you don't need to read any of the one bad days to to read this they're all independent stories but this one is mm-hmm. uh, just batman's in it sparingly but those moments of those two together are, are really wow. well done but this is truly a, a great selena story touching on her past and just you kind of sometimes forget the roots she comes from and where mm. she is today it's it's a great story arc
3: i want more Dude. g willow wilson well everything but
4: yes 100 <laughs> yeah just period <laughs> yeah but i'd love to see
3: her take a shot at uh uh the uh, more catwoman more batman more yeah. gotham city
1: just in general
4: yes please yeah, yeah.
1: she'd be a great addition to the pantheon that's going on right now why not have two catwoman books
4: yes sure We have like 1,200 Batman. Right. T.D. Howard's
1: doing a great job. We add a G.
3: Willow Wilson book to this. We can keep going.
4: Yeah. Are you kidding? Oh, my God.
3: They should bring back Earth One. They should. Just do it that way.
4: Hmm.
5: I loved that book.
1: Anyway, Justice
5: Society number two. (laughs) There
3: you go. (laughs) What'd you think? (laughs)
5: Weird. I love the Justice Society. I do, and reading this really made me want to go back and sort of sift through the DC Ultra Unlimited, you know, <laughs> Return of the King. I don't know what the hell it is anymore. Nope, nobody is. does. No um,
2: Return of the King. <laughs> because
5: I just want to remember some of the characters. I've I read. I read all of. Um, let me see. Did I read all of his? Yeah, I think I read all of what's his face. where we just talked John's, um, and then but then there was others that I was going back and forth through. Um, but then there was as they were, I don't know. I guess doing the time shifts, there were still some that was just like, wait a second, was this or when was this? What period was that? So it was really just sort of fun trying to sort of reconcile that and sort of go back um, and and. and remember how much I enjoyed that Justice Society. I remember when I started reading it, it was just sort of like, all right, well, I'll just read this one and see what it's about. The next thing you know, I'm like three days in and I'm like at issue like 42. Um, And, you know, just really, really enjoying it. So I just really love that sort of separate. And I've said this before, the Justice Society, I know people like to believe that the Justice Society is just an earlier version of the Justice League, but it's something very, there's just something very different about them. And I just, I love that that sort of vibe that the justice society provides and i i do i feel more settled now in the Helena character now than than i did maybe in the first one mm-hmm. i i not that i didn't like it but i didn't know where it was going um yeah we, we get a little more of that here absolutely yeah i feel more settled now and i like the character and the sacrifice that was made um that was you know yeah, just we can't say too has, much about that yeah <laughs> that sacrifice before the two you know Checking out the two stones there, um, yeah, that that got me a little choked up. I, and I maybe that's what it was. Maybe there's legitimate, you know, heart and soul that's in the Justice Society stories that maybe I don't know if the Justice League is ever really Justice League is really just the fists. No, and look, like it, whether it was John,
3: those, certainly Johns, certainly uh, Johns, James Robinson for a bit, some other folks involved there, uh, Alex Ross, Mark Wade here and there. It it's a book about legacy and family. Yeah. And it, it was always a welcoming atmosphere through mostly, as you see in this case, Jay Garrick. Yeah. As the heart and soul of the justice society. It, it makes a big difference. It's not just a, not, not to denigrate the justice league. It's not just the Hall yeah, of justice or the satellite or whatever else is going yeah. on. No, they, they have a townhouse and they show up and they, they chat with each other and they move people through, the various stages of apprenticeship to be uh, JSA members and having grown up not with them in the forties, but certainly with their appearances in the sixties, that extra layer of it that was added through the nineties and so on. It just sold them to me as characters that really deserve much more attention this year. And I'm happy they're back. I don't know for how long, but I'm happy they're back for now.
5: I definitely feel like you could have a Justice Society book right next to a Justice League book, and they'll never have to cross paths.
1: Oh, they did it back in the day. I'm with you. Those, those were the original Crisis, though, yeah. so when they did cross over. Yeah. Every um, summer. There was your R event. Yeah. <laughs> did you, Bob, did you read All-Star Squadron and Infinity, Inc. in the 80s? When, when, I when have every it? issue of all those books, yes. I loved All-Star. That was a book I had to get every month, and that's where I fell in love with the Justice Society yeah. And then John, what John's did was John, was it John's Robinson and Goyer, David Goyer. Yes. They did. That book was so amazing. And I'm, I'm waiting for ultra on this one, but I read the first issue and I can't wait to pick this up again when it comes out.
3: Yeah. It's only, I think it's only five issues, mm-hmm. but since this first one was delayed, the second one was delayed after the first one, we, we have at least probably till the summertime.
5: You know, I can't remember which book it was, but there was a book, I meant to say last time we were talking, there was a book that was on Ultra the same, it was the last time we were recording and I saw it, or the week before we were recording and I saw it, it was on Ultra the same week it came out.
2: They do that sometimes with yeah. like a big anniversary yeah. issue or like a number one, yeah, I can't Monkey remember Prince was, was like that, uh, DC Pride was like that. Yeah, it was.
5: it yeah. was actually a. It wasn't like a special book, but it was for whatever reason that issue was out. And I double check. I was like, I got to go back and double check this. No, it was the week it came out. But so I think they're sneaking things in there. Uh,
1: ODC,
0: just in case.
2: ODC, you <laughs> really want us to read your books, and I'm doing it. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Do we want to talk about it? Yeah,
1: I've got th- some uh, saga. I think we. Have to. Yeah, I, think we yeah. I think we have to. We have to go All ahead, right. Steve.
0: All right, so. For those of you following along, if you have not read the new saga, if you are not caught up, you are going to want to tune out for the next little bit, because spoilers abound. (sighs) On the final page of saga number 61, it is revealed that I was right, and that Marco is... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're not
1: right. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're Steve. not right. You're not I feel right. Like we, I, haven't fi- I
0: haven't finished my thing yet here, all right? Such <laughs> okay. Ye uh-huh. of little uh-huh. faith. My uh-huh. God. Objection. Uh-huh. God forbid. God forbid that Objection I have a moment the on this show. <laughs> we have Bob That's is right t-shirts being made. We have Joey was right mugs going on. <laughs> Cyclops, was right. Cyclops. <laughs> Cyclops was right.
4: Cyclops was right
0: defund the paw patrol
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's just an important
2: truth <laughs> look if you want a shirt we'll make it except the shirt that says steve was right <laughs> <laughs>
1: so he was end right of- dot 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 kind of
6: <laughs>
0: at the end of saga 61 uh it is revealed that somebody who's new to the story knows a way that they can bring marco back from the dead they need to get certain ingredients Alana needs to go and get these very expensive ingredients bring them to this person and we don't see Alana's reaction but we do see Hazel's reaction who is out in the hallway listening behind a beaded curtain and her her everything she just perks right up at the thought of getting her father back because she misses him greatly and would do anything to get him back. Is it a grift? It's Almost the, absolutely. It's a grifter fence who does illegal things and gets
1: illegal documents. Yeah, that's that's right. the person right.
0: you trust. But what I'm what I'm excited for is like the implications of what this can do for the story. Like is this an arc of Hazel leaving? And and going off uh, on her own mission because maybe Alana doesn't want to go through the heartache of trying to bring him back, and but Hazel Hazel wants her dad. So, what if she leaves? And she mentioned something earlier in the story when she's doing her narration about how her and Prince Robot were really close for a very long time, and then they weren't anymore. But she never tells us why. I'm wondering if she convinces Prince Robot to leave with her. They go off on this, like, adventure to search for these ingredients. And then something transpires with Prince Robot that, like, takes it all away. And it was all for nothing. And it splits them apart.
2: Here's what I'll say, Steve. In your favor. Here. I do agree that I think the book... Needs to move away from mom for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think her storyline, you know, trying to just like make ends meet and like taking all these little odd jobs and like <laughs> running that blue-collar life, uh, which is fun. And like every time it happens, and the new people she meets and the new job odd job she's doing. What's she doing this time? She's got oh, she's at Amazon. Uh yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: delivering packages. Yeah, yes. she's
2: delivering packages. So, like, like they're, they're funny, but I do agree that I feel like her storyline is right now in, in, like, neutral. And I think Hazel and Prince Robot I think are the most dynamic part of the book right now. Um, and I think seeing them go off on an adventure would be very fun and would, would carry the book, really, through another arc or two. And I think that would be good. So I could see it. But I go back to what I said when you pitched it at the very beginning of the last arc, which is I do think I think it, I think it is a possibility because I think, as you said, then this is a universe of magic. And when that when that when that alien was like, this is a universe of magic, I was like, damn it, Steve. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did you write in the letter? Um, but anyway, um, I, 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 I I think it is a possibility. And I think it absolutely can happen, especially if you do have dragon's eggs or whatever the hell. Um, but I think that the book. The book's message, the book's kind of narrative weight, the book's themes work better if Hazel goes on the adventure, comes back, and it strengthens the bond with the mother, and they move forward from there. Like I think that storyline is much, much weightier than resurrecting dead. Prince Robot I think is going to become a homicidal maniac because he learns how to turn his arm into a gun in this issue. Yes, he does. Um and I think that's going to be the thing that splits them up. Maybe he makes some bad choices on the adventure. Maybe he uses his gun to kill the ingredient instead. That's of what I'm wondering home.
0: if she's going to gather the pieces and then something with him he ends up destroying the only yeah. thing that could be a part of the the recipe to bring him right. back.
2: But okay. I I don't think I don't think you get Marco back at the end of this story at at any point like i genuinely don't i don't think that's what the story is i don't think what this story is ever going to be about um even if we fast forward 60 issues to the end of saga I don't think you get it. Like, I don't think that's where this book is going. This is a tease. This is something in the hero's journey where you're given the amulet to bring your, your temptation, right? It's the sirens on the water, right? It's like, this is the thing.
3: And the I monkey's think he's poor, perhaps.
2: Yeah. Like I think it's, I think you go through the motions here. It carries you through an arc and a half and then, and then things catch up and Hazel realizes that my mom is my mom and I need to go help her, you know, um, stock boxes at space target you know <laughs> <laughs> and
6: what if
0: 30... they what if they jump ahead and like we get saga like alana is older and hazel is alana's age at some point in the story
2: i, I guarantee we'll i there. think that's what we're getting yeah, we'll absolutely get you're getting you're being told the story in retrospect
0: yeah is there not ever letting
2: been a it go. spoiler if
3: we went back through sixty issues where she mentions her dad coming back or some other? I don't recall any.
2: No, she says when 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 Marco dies. I remember it being like not everyone survives this story. So even yes. then, it's like it, not necessarily that her dad doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I just feel as a reader, they haven't. Okay, maybe I'm wrong here, but like they haven't earned a resurrection yet. Maybe no. again in fifty issues, maybe they will have earned it. But at this point, it is too soon for them to 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 do that story, to to, to for this storyline to lead to that.
0: Oh yeah, no, I'm thinking like long term. I'm not I'm not saying it's going to happen even in the next twenty five issues because this book's been gone
1: for two years. But that that Marco's death is only like six or seven issues ago. Really? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> so it's like you can't do that now. It's I cheap. think yeah. It, it, yeah it would cheapen that and i think you're onto the right track with where this book's going i you i think you do need to leave alana behind for a little bit and put put uh hazel in some danger out there especially with the will still looking for her and and all that um i think prince robot's probably gonna align back with the robot empire because remember he professed his love for hazel and she turned him down flat
0: so yeah yeah you know now, so
1: might
0: I, well. I wanna see the Pompous flat screen again. <laughs> oh god, I love the pompous flat screen. <laughs> so I think you guys are
5: all right in a sense, but I think and, and this is sort of piggyback piggybacking on what Joey said before about Alana's story being in neutral. I think those first cause remember I read like the first nine volumes, like I binged them all. Um they had they each had a driving sort of objective and that was run (laughs) It it was basically run run away from blah 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 before you know this happens run towards blah 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 i don't feel like with this volume we've had i feel like this volume has mostly been i mean there's been events that have occurred but i feel like it's mostly been a slice of life type thing just sort of watching them deal with the aftermath of you know of losing marco um and and sort of being so unsettled unrattled um etc etc i think this idea and that's where the key is here i think the idea of being able to bring marco back gives everyone a, a focal point not necessarily that everyone's going to be all on team revive marco but there's going to be, I think there's going to be objectives around this. Some are going to want him back. Others are not going to want him back. Others are going to be ambivalent. Some are just going to be along for the ride. Others are, you know, it's going to be, I think that's going to be the net that's going to have, or the web that's going to have everyone sort of driving forward towards something. Because I do agree that we sort of, even though the emotional aspects of the issues have been great, I think in terms of the objectives, I think we have been sort of in a standing point lately and i think this will sort of shake us out of
0: it Mm. i like it i mean
2: until until that moment at the end of this this issue i've been reading saga since it came back simply because it was saga you know simply because i wanted to look at fiona staples art and because i wanted to connect with these characters but like you're saying aaron there wasn't there wasn't a plot necessarily moving me week month to month right now I think this is yeah I think we're done with Phase Four and now we're gonna get Ant Man and the Quantum Mania. You know what I mean? Phase like watch. it's like now now we're getting the story right. We had that period of mourning. Yeah. We had that period of like like this is the new normal and here we are at the end of sixty one. Sixty one was that issue sixty one. Yeah,
0: sixty one.
2: And now it's like okay, now we're on to the next bit of the story. And the next bit of the story is. You think you have this new normal life Do you want to go back to what you had before Oh my god it is a man in the Wasp quantumania like what is happening right Um so like I think that Uh I think that's now what We're going to be doing for the next two Volumes really it's like do you want dad back? What do you have to do to get dad back? Why are we doing this? We shouldn't be doing this. I have a gun hand, right? Like this is what we're doing. <laughs> also, it's like, here's the will's penis. Like it's like, boom, 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 boom. It's like every yeah. issue. We got to hit these beats. You know, it's like, and if yeah, I see that penis guy's guy. penis one more time, I'll know it's a saga issue. Like every issue. It's like will's penis. Like, boom.
5: Um, he does not shave her bush either.
2: <laughs> you see. know, it's a,
1: it's space. It's an aesthetic look in space. You don't shave your bush. It's, it's vintage. It's Did vintage. anyone
0: open this issue expecting one of those like Saga is back uh, first pages and just feel like <laughs> yeah. oh, kind of starting quietly this time?
1: It was tame.
0: It's like oh, you can still surprise me, Saga. You know, we were, there, we're, there all were no self
1: gratifying little... dragons in this yeah. issue. We're we're all getting a little older. Oh, god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Vintage, oh, Daga, the I'm gift so that unvintage. keeps giving. <laughs> oh, God. We went around the table, right? Everybody got in what they wanted to say. Me Bob stuff. All right. Uh, it is time for John Burkle to bring the lightning. Oh. <laughs> All
1: right. Um, I'm gonna start with Inferno Girl Red number one by Matt Groom and Erica DeRoso with Igor Monti on colors and Becca Corey on letters. So, this is the newest installment of the Massive Universe. Uh, we met Inferno Get Girl Red, who is Cassia Costa, in last year's Super Massive special. But unless you lived in Australia, you haven't seen much of her since until now. Um, Inferno Girl Red, number one, reads as a typical origin story. It's clearly a hybrid of superheroes and Power Rangers, right down to a morpher on her hand. Um, But I'm down for it. Uh, it, It's just a a cool new sci-fi superhero uh, story. Starts with a flashback of Cassia's mom, who's a crime reporter in Apex City. Uh, She's attacked on a monorail. And luckily, the original Infernal Girl Red is there to save her. And we learn Cassie's mom needed a lot of saving back to the day because she has a relationship with the original Infernal Girl Red that uh, I'm sure will get flushed out later. We pick up the story today. Cassie is returning to Apex City to attend this prestigious science academy. We find out her mom's been blackballed because all of the Infernal Girl Red stories she wrote back in the day have been uh, turned into fiction and people think she was making up stories. I'm thinking we're going to settle into your classic sci-fi superhero story. Then the entire city gets launched into outer space and is kidnapped. Um, Why not? (laughs) Why not? It's, it's got quirky students, a billionaire tech genius. You got a lot of mystery going on. And Cassia comes into the possession of the morpher. I can't, I don't know what else to call it. Um, And she becomes the new Inferno girl, red, and she's going to be around to save the day as they try to figure out who took them, where they're going, and how do they get back home. And if you've read any of the massive, like Radiant Black, Radiant Red, Radiant Pink, Rogue Sun, um, The Dead Lucky, this, this book fits right in that vein. It's got, it's got cool elements. It's its own book, though. You don't have to have read anything else to get this. Um, this book was originally launched as a, an Australian Kickstarter. Um, and now it's being released by image in three parts. And it's, it's just a fun, vibrant, bright story. Uh, Matt groom wrote a little bit of mighty Morphin power Rangers, uh, a few years ago. Uh, DeRosso's art is very much in that boom aesthetic. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it and I can't wait to read issues two and three, but now it's time. The big book. We've all been hinting at this book for so long. In the words of Sinister, it's time to gloat. Um, (laughs) Spins of Sinister number one by Kieran Gillen and Lucas Wernick, who is the creative team of uh, the immortal X-Men. Sinister is triumphant. His schemes to corrupt the Quiet Council is successful with his 10th attempt with his moray clones. Um, You don't remember back in House of X... The whole reason why Mr. Sinister was brought into the fold is that he has an entire genetic database of mutants and they could all be revived. But Sinister's been planning. And I remember this story of a fertility doctor who used his own seed to impregnate a lot of women to the point that he had hundreds of children out there what seems like Sinister put a little bit of himself oh, in every bit of DNA. Oh my God. And as the time's been going on and the reincarnations have gone forward, suddenly Sinister's plan and how he took over the Quiet Council becomes very, very clear. Standing I'll against him is Storm. Storm- <laughs> I know. Whoa. Storm removed herself from the resurrection protocol so she couldn't be corrupted. And Destiny because destiny has seen this coming since the early days of the immortal X-Men. It's one of the reasons why she wasn't supposed to be reincarnated because she knows how this all ends. They fake a catastrophic Orcus attack on humanity or on the mutants to make the Avengers fall into line with them. Uh, Captain America thinks it's a great idea to be resurrected with the X gene, so he is a mutant. Uh, to show solidarity, they begin resurrecting all human beings again, with just a hint of sinister in them. Nope. And God. you do not, <laughs> nope, do not skip like the no. the text box books pages in this book. It is sinister's plan to a T, and I swear, at one point in time, it's part ten. Gloat exclamation point. Um, And it's all good. It's all fun and games and everything's going really well until those damn sinisters start talking democracy and think that they should have bigger say in what the sinisters are doing. And so it's time for a number 11 more so we can get it right. And then catastrophe hits. This is such a damn good book. It's told in the same vein as powers of 10 or powers of X, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it with the plus five plus 10 plus 100 also I think in here it's the, it could be the X reboot we don't want but we may get yeah. because yeah. all of X is coming in the spring and I think that time might be limited on Krakoa, and this is their way to do it.
2: No way. Begin.
1: Oh, no way. No 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 <laughs> no. no, no, no. What I'm going to say. No, go what I'm going to say first of all. The minute
5: I don't know why no one gets this. But the minute Irene and Ravens start running, just run. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter if you know why. But the minute you see them running, just yeah. run.
2: Like Kurt, they Kurt's clearly like, know Kurt's something. like, value going, mother. And it's like, where do you think? Away from this shit. Exactly. Like, she <laughs> can just see run. the future,
3: after all. Yeah. Please.
2: <laughs> Look, no, I disagree. I, I don't think the Krakoa thing is going away. They really, they really established it in a way that You know, when it was under Hickman and it had that, like, Hickman aura around it, it did feel like a ticking time bomb because it felt too, like, it was like the incursions. Like, it's too big, it's too unwieldy, like, there has to be an end date to it. But the way they've kind of, like, flattened it a little bit and, like, kind of broadened it out to the rest of the universe, like... I actually do think it works, and I think it works better than like here's a school out in you know the Hudson Valley that no one cares in Westchester that no one cares about. Like, I like I do think Krakoa works, and I don't think the Fallen Mutants or whatever. I think Sense of Sinister is a, a way to get like you know Gillen back doing Sinister, which is always a great thing. <laughs> going back to like his Uncanny <laughs> Run. Um, the key. Uh Yeah, this is this is the thing too. Like this iteration of Sinister, like this like kind of goofy, weird cape wearing guy with like greasy hair is a little bit different than like the pale pointy guy with the string cape from the nineties. Like oh, yeah. that guy was just kind of like always like lurking in the shadows. Just like, you know, like, Hey, you know, but like this guy, there's a lot more fun to him. And I think it's, it's a, it's a way to get Gillen to do more sinister what I'm getting from this and the sins of sinister thing is it's reading like another age of X age of apocalypse type deal. Like Mm -hmm. here's the sins of sinister thing. Here's this, like this, like cliffhanger at the end of this issue. And what we're going to get for the next month or two really are these like sins of sinister specific comics, right? Like we're getting like storm and the brotherhood. Like it's like these like little mini series replacing the regular publishing line in this kind of pocket universe that moira 10.9 has created because remember like the moiras that he's made in the continuity are reset points to a specific point in time i was gonna ask about
3: this thank you joey for yeah it's
2: like and like he he talked about that and i think immortal 10 or whenever when he was doing the trying to take out the quiet council which was like one of the best issues of comics I've ever read. Um, uh, it's like 10.6 oh, killed self. Damn it. Like, like <laughs> like, oh, like. the sinister stuff is so fun. And I just like, and if he does try to hit that Moira 11 reset or Moira 10.11 reset, like it's just going to bring him back to, I think the, in this issue, he's like, Oh, if I hit it, it's going to bring me back to judgment day or whatever. And I don't want to have to do that again. Right. <laughs> so again, I think it's like, what you'll get at the end of this sins of sinister thing is you'll get a jump back to him taking over the quiet council and replacing spoilers, replacing Xavier. Like that's when you'll get the reset back to, because I think this is an awesome like winter storyline for Marvel to run in the same vein of like age of x Men, age of apocalypse, you know, like let me replace the line for mm-hmm. two months, get this kind of thing going future state. If you, for my DC fans out there um, and you know, have this really cool story that's contained. And then, yeah, I agree. Hit the reset, bring us back to sinister rolling up in a armor suit, trying to bust up the council. And then Kitty pride being like, I know what's happening. Cause don't forget that happened in Immortal when Kitty yeah. was like, I know what's happening too. Um, do I think that that does it? Do I think that means that this isn't going to be an awesome story? No, I think it's going to be a fantastic story. But this is now the universe of the X Men that we are living in, and I think that it is the universe of the X Men that is going to be with Marvel for a while. And I think it does work in the kind of status quo of the books.
1: Yeah. I hope so. But I, you got to remember 10. that more, more is out there with Orca's, and she's got one more life to give. Well, that's true. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. But does she? She's a robot
2: now. But she's well, still what got a Time out, Time Time
1: know. out! Why was a robot? Cyborg. Yeah, she she's got taken over board. by the techno-organic virus. Yeah, yeah. The, the warlock virus. You know, <laughs> it happens but to the but, best of us.
4: But <laughs> also, does. don't forget yeah, to but, them, you know, like,
1: penicillin just won't take care of that. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> got to get on the strong steroids for that. Yeah, <laughs> Talk, <laughs> talking
2: about the powers of ten thing, like the one universe, the one time, not timeline, but the one future that we haven't gotten to yet. Is the one at the very, 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 very end of things with like Mm -hmm. the tech narc and all that stuff too? Like, I I don't think we I I don't think the story's done, and I don't think that I think Moira resetting has ramifications beyond just the X Men, and I don't think that that's where we're going with this.
5: Yeah, I I think there's another layer here. I think there's another layer. Did everyone read X? Well, did did you guys read X Men Red number ten? Yes, I'm not yet. Okay, the the final page, John, you know what I'm talking about? Uh huh. I know you know. The what you're final talking. pages. So there's another layer of sinister out there. <laughs> yeah. So that, that shows up. He's, in the he's end everywhere. Of, yeah. And it's he's not even calling himself, he's literally calling himself the Daniel Essex. And I think it's the original mm-hmm. of the Daniel Essex, which is actually, I think, the Nathaniel Essex that was referenced yeah. in that one issue of A oh, the, uh, where the Immortal, Sherlock the Holmes eight. was. The Eight, number yeah, eight. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he's everywhere. He's there's layers of him all, yeah. all over the place. I think, and a,
2: I think Moira is a she's a she's a she's a red herring to this whole thing. Okay. Right. Like yeah. I don't think I don't think she's a save point now at this point. Um, and she's gonna be in some no place forever. Like I just don't I don't see that being Put the way the out. Box. Yeah. Oh, that, <laughs> would <be cool. laughs> oh that would be cool. Put her in the That would
1: be
0: cool. I have a
1: question
2: yes
0: with everything that goes down in sense of sinister all of those one pagers where you're looking i love at,
6: that yeah, yeah it's,
0: it's great it's fun but like do we have to take all of that stuff into account going forward like what does this no. story look like no. moving forward
2: this is yes yes the answer to your question is yes for the next month and a half right yes, like what perfect. we're gonna get for the next month and a half if you've been reading the x exp- books, you're not going to get your X books, right? You're going to get storm and the brotherhood X Marauders or whatever the books are called. Mm -hmm. It's in the back of sins of sinister, like what you're going to be getting for the next few weeks. So like what you're going to be getting is in that universe, that the sins of sinister universe that he has caused by doing what he has done. That's what you're going to get. It's like age of apocalypse, because Mm -hmm. this happened. This is what you're going to see play out over the course of the next couple of books. And what John and I were talking about was, at the end of this what happens does does this you this little pocket storyline that we're seeing get reset do we go back to the moment with the quiet council like, does Xavier figure it out, or does Kitty figure it out, or Storm seems to be the hero of this, this yeah. story Storm hero? Storm, Destiny, you know?
1: Mystique, yeah.
2: Storm, Destiny, Mystique reset things back to the moment when Sinister kind of, like, won in Immortal 10, right? Because that's the other thing you need to remember. Like, really what the Sins of Sinister universe thing is is doing, is it's an extension of what Kieran Gillen is doing in Immortal. Like, mm-hmm. that's really what's happening. It's yeah. not like a continuation of Steve Orlando's Marauders. <laughs> like, that's not what we're seeing here.
0: No. Um,
2: it's what... Kieran and gillen has been doing an immortal for the last 10 issues yeah. is now playing out in this like sins of sins of sinister like x crossover right and, some and someone side else bar. out there
1: has a more now and they could reboot to yep. whatever they want it to be mm. but sidebar the
5: page that made me laugh out loud out like full-on out loud was the page that said <laughs> no more wanda
3: just i
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> <That just,
3: laughs> oh. i i audibly laugh I, I was like, down that, uh, that avenue there <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah, just, very well, yeah, much house of m steve,
2: too. but steve yeah it's like this is the like we have to take everything that sinister has done because the books that we're going to be reading in the sins of sinister with the sins of sinister label on it are going to be in that universe Mm -hmm, just as
0: someone who was feeling a little overwhelmed by the book to begin with going through that gauntlet of pages with all of those different circumstances, (laughs) just piling on to an already crazy plot. I was like, do they expect me to yeah. keep all of this stuff in a row no. as we oh, yeah. move, move no. forward in welcome, this?
2: Welcome, no, no.
1: welcome to X Men, bro. <laughs> oh, you... <laughs> Steve wasn't around for Age of Apocalypse yeah. for no, the, like twenty. You, you mini remember Sugarman? Sugarman. Sugar, man? Sugar man? Oh. <laughs> no, man,
0: this was a this was a hard way to break somebody into the the level that they're going to here. Like I sat, I I enjoyed the hell out of the book, but I have to admit that when I was done with it and I put it down, I was intimidated. Didn't you do
2: Steve? Didn't you do Age of X Men with us? Like the extermin, like all no. that the, the the what was it? The like the hippie X Men thing and the you know, <laughs> yeah, It was yeah, the it age, was of, like...
1: age of X-Men.
2: Age of X Men. Do... Like
0: yeah, four but I ago.
1: I
2: don't
0: remember
1: it.
2: Yeah,
0: it, it was, was like the two universe, issues.
2: It was the universe that um. Nate Gray, no, it was like three months, dude. It was three like months of it, months. yeah.
0: No, I think I read the first one and the last one. And yeah. yeah. and you're everything like, else. Nope. It's yeah, what they like... used to bridge from
1: Bendis to that Ed Brisson run that yes. they did when they brought in Young Cable. Sorry, Joey. Um, <sighs> and then that bridge to Jonathan Hickman because he wasn't ready to go when.
3: Yeah. 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 Right. Which was like, but the Bendis run was when he brought back the original X Men. Yeah, yeah. All new yeah, yeah. X Men.
2: So the, but the thing about that one, is the same thing. Like this is something that happens in the X universe every few years, really, where it's like, mm-hmm. you'll have this like reality warping or specific thread that launches into like a, a series of mini series in that pocket universe. And I remember that one. Cause that one was fun because it was like age of X man was like Nate gray being like, <laughs> Oh man, you know what mutants? Like it, we need to create a world where mutants just like, have sex all the time, like, like that <laughs> yeah. was the, like that was, was like the, the age of Aquarius with yes, <laughs> yes, and it was just like every wow. book was like you know like mutants have to have babies, like that's what we're doing, and like actually it's it's a nice stepping stone to to um age of uh to the House yeah. of X stuff because like that's really what we're doing over here now too, like but um like this happens in the X universe really only because you have this like corner of the universe where like they just jump realities all the time
1: this really goes back to days of future past when they yeah. did that and then ever since then they've always done these little like alternate universes take over for a bit and then yeah. they come back to the regular show
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, of course burn did it in two issues but you know we... <laughs> yeah. well you know yeah. it's
2: capitalism late stage capitalism <laughs>
5: <sighs> oh
0: gosh
2: Anyway, I'm definitely Good gonna be time. reading Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants, so let's I'm go.
0: exhausted. Good I time. am too. I'm gonna, read, I'm, ex- I'm gonna read I don't even want to do lightning round. I'm so tired. No,
4: you have to. You I have just to. read Dead Boy Detectives while you were talking, so I could talk about it with me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Chris was like, X Men.
4: Yeah. Right. It, it wasn't about the nineties cartoon. I tuned right out.
2: Is probably the most 90s cartoon that this book has been in a long time. That
4: oh, does really? sound great, but I would be very lost, I feel.
0: <laughs> There's definitely a lot of material I think you would need to familiarize yourself with before diving into something like this. Yeah. Right, come on, oh, man. Oh, yes. the one-page recap, Steve. That's all you
2: need. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is, like, now that Gillen's taken over, like, the one-page recap is just as snarky as the rest <laughs> oh,
3: okay.
6: of okay. So, like, you can't take it seriously.
2: And not only is it like Gillen snarky, but now it's Gillen as sinister snarky. Yeah. Snarking on his own snark.
1: Yeah. Sinister is his snarky muse. Yeah. So
3: (laughs) if if, if, uh, if Kieran Gillen were going to cosplay as someone, it would be Mr. Sinister doing snark.
2: Yes. I think Kieran Gillen would cosplay as Mr. Sinister doing Kieran Gillen.
3: (laughs)
5: Okay. With the biggest biggest cape. Yes. With the biggest possible cape.
3: Cool.
2: I don't know if you guys know this, but I interviewed Kieran Gillen one time. When he I was heard that. Did you? That's fantastic to hear, Joey. Yeah, that was okay. back during the uh, Once and Future days and Wicked and Divine days. Wicked and Divine days. Uh, Whoa!
3: Well, uh, I was God. actually not going to go there this time, Joey, but thank you for doing it. It's it's important. Um,
2: that's a I'll reread all of Wicked and Divine.
0: No, no, don't do that. What we should do, you and I, is we should reread or read. Sex colonels? Yes. <laughs> After, listen listen to me after i move after i move and we get settled all right and i and i i unearth all of our collection and stuff let's yep i hear you let's commit and let's do it
2: all right i i will do it we'll shake on it right now yeah
0: so never (laughs) i am 100 percent yeah. down for that. I will do it. I've been I've had I have all of those hard covers just sitting look, there waiting to be this read. This is
4: the point where I remind you you've already promised to read all of Sandman with me and haven't started.
0: So, ooh,
5: <laughs> I read
2: wait. I read, he I I read five <laughs> issues of Sandman while I was watching the show and I was like I've done enough. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I also started Sandman while you all were talking about X-Men. I read two whole issues during that. How the hell did you do that?
1: Sand, because a, it was a, a long Sandman. time,
4: y'all. An issue <laughs> of Sandman. I hate I think, to break it think, to you. You were talking for ages. Oh, sorry. But, but, a, but
2: an issue of Sandman takes me like 45 minutes. To <laughs>
4: okay, <me>. Well, <laughs> that's how long you. No, I'm kidding.
2: Um, I, look, I will. I will 100% do Sex Criminals with you, but I wonder, I just want to pose this alternative, if the Sex Criminals promise is just as good as the Vault promise that has been keeping us (laughs) coming back to the X-Men for the last three years. (laughs) Okay,
4: how many promises have Steve made people at this point? (laughs) (laughs) I need a chart.
5: Is there somewhere, some way that we can just isolate the part where Joey says, I will Absolutely do sex criminals with you. Just that phrase. I mean, earlier he yeah.
4: did say he had a lot of warrants out. So, Well, I'll if time you know.
3: it in the other order, it becomes actionable. Yeah. Chris, Chris, Chris also said, I'm all for murder like yes. 10 minutes ago.
4: But it, and it wasn't out of context. <laughs> Chris was like, I'm all in for murder. Let's I, go. I said I was on the side of murder even. So yeah, yeah, pretty much am. Just, and, and- I was going to say, that's a whole thing from thought. Yes. <laughs> we had a whole conversation about Broadway and I are unequivocally on the side of murder.
2: And John said hitting on dick and no one said anything last week.
5: I'm muted. <laughs> Maybe it's
4: because if you heard the other things we've said, <laughs> it doesn't even register the bar anymore. <laughs> anyway, Steve, it's your show. <laughs> uh,
0: I am. I am... Gonna take us out with a wet <laughs> fart. this uh this week. Oh, wow, oh no! Nice. Oh, just everybody else has had these like rousing lightning rounds, and I'm sitting over here realizing that I didn't write down any of my creators.
4: <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you about
0: Deadpool. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll lift to you to up. We will. Let, let me ask you, v, Frank for those, Frank of, for those of you who are using the DC app, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Are you downloading the books or are you just opening them up and reading them?
1: Just opening it's, them up. Just opening them up.
0: How are your load times? Fast. Yeah, really?
2: uh, yeah no, most of the time. I, I, I'm off and on. I agree with you. Uh, there are sometimes when I click on it and it spins a little bit. Yes. Oh, yeah. There are, sometimes, oh. there are sometimes in issue. Where it'll like spin for a little bit. There's yeah. sometimes it
4: shuts down. Or earlier, the reason yep. I read accidentally read a Sandman issue was because I clicked on Dead Boy Detectives and it opened Sandman. Oh, so yeah. I read the entire issue and was like, "Where are the Dead Boy Detectives?"
2: Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, does anyone have this problem where like you'll be reading it and then like halfway through it'll just go back to the first page? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've had that. Yes. mine I've also has anybody else have like uh, you're in the middle of a comic and it just goes to a black page. Yes. And then you yeah. can go to the next page,
4: yes, and then, then it's there.
1: Go like, I
2: gotta yeah. say, I gotta yeah. say, Marvel Unlimited has always had that problem and yes. it's never been fixed. Yeah. At least DC Universe Ultimate Unlimited Return of the
0: King, like has it's trying like, is making
4: effort. it'll
2: it'll it'll load it eventually. But anyway, yes. Steve, it's your show.
0: <laughs> I just I get to I, I get like partway through the book and I hit that that page with the spinny wheel. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, it feels like it's just taking forever that I pick it up does. my phone and I start playing Marvel Snap. And before I know it, it takes me a million years to read one comic. Anyway, I sat down the other night <laughs> and I checked out the Sandman Universe Dead Boy Detectives this is written by Porn Sack with uh, art by Jeff Stokely and Mikel Muerto on colors. This is strange. Yeah, it is. It is very strange. And and I, I like it a lot. I mm-hmm. have tried reading Dead Boy Detectives in the past at least twice. And I think maybe have gotten an issue or two in before just kind of getting distracted and going to read something else and not really returning to it. Not because I didn't enjoy what I read, but really just getting distracted by something shiny elsewhere and not uh, not meeting it at the end. But anyway, um, Dead Boy Detectives, the new one that has come out, is really, really cool. You have the Dead Boy Detectives. I don't remember their names. And I
4: just read it. And uh, Charles and the other one.
0: Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so they're investigating a uh, a murder... But I don't know if you could call it a murder when the girl that's walking around at night falls to her knees, starts crying bloody murder, and her own head rips off of her shoulders and starts floating in the air, and then devours another child in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. Mm-hmm. These are problems. These, These things is... happen. We need so... Judge Jury to sort this out. Fast forward a little bit and the dead boy detectives come to this neighborhood and they're investigating and they're you know asking around and they come across a group of other kids. Now the whole thing with the dead boy detectives is surprise they're dead. <laughs> and so they don't exactly play by the rules that we play with in, in reality. So they're kind of popping in and out of people's purview and asking questions and investigating and stuff like that. They find this group of kids. They come to find out that all of these kids are ghosts as well, but they are different than the dead boy detectives. And there's this little bit in the middle that explains it. Um, He says, um, this is kind of the, uh, the stick from daredevil, if you will, uh, the, uh, the keeper of the kids who is watching over (laughs) them as they, as they kind of come and go. He says, where the, who you going to call for Thai ghosts? And them popping up all over in LA. It shouldn't be possible. If someone Thai dies here, they should uh, they should come back as a Western ghost like you boys. So the fact that a Thai ghost eviscerated some poor kid a couple of weeks back, and I've got three Thai ghosts chilling in my crib—what is that? And <laughs> it's really cool. It's a different it's a different um, approach to ghosts and what happens to you after you die. What do you become? Why do you remain? Things like that, and so. The Dead Boy Detectives agency is no longer the two of them in this story. They're now pretty much a whole group that are going to solve this uh, he- floating head eat- eating <laughs> other children <laughs> murder thing going yeah. on. But it's a lot. It's it's surprisingly dense for um, what looks. How would you describe the artwork for this, Chris?
4: It's like, it it looks like that kind of colorful DC art that was happening for a while, and then occasionally just runs straight into gore. It's very interesting, because it really, it could be Hellcat, except then some girl lifts up her shirt and shows you her maggot-filled intestines, and (laughs) it's very jarring, but like really arresting.
0: It's got a little bit of like a Scholastic or DC ink, or like DC Zoom look to it. It does. Yeah. I really I, like I, the
4: art a lot.
0: Yeah, I like it. I, I dig it. I have to say, I think this is probably the most intrigued that I've been from a Dead Boy Detectives series that I've picked up so far. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep going with it. Um, I'll check in again next month when uh, when it comes out on the app. And that'll be that. What <laughs> else do I have the here? App. The app. Ah, uh, detective, detective, detective. Where's my notes? Detective Comics 1062 to 1067. So I've had a problem with the the Detective Batman stuff for the last little while in that reading the mainline book, the fail safe stuff has been just ridiculously like breakneck engaging. And you're you're reading this book a mile a minute and everything's blowing up. People are getting their asses kicked. Failsafe can't be stopped. Batman's going to have to figure it out. The whole thing. It is really wild and really intense. And then you have something going on over in Detective that, in my estimation, really, really takes its time to kind of settle in. And so this is the third time that I've gone back to read Detective because I've found that no matter how how much I paid attention the other two times, couldn't remember a damn thing of what was happening in this book. And I was like, what is my problem? This is Rom V and Cy Spurrier doing writing duties on this with, with you know, a couple of really great artists. I'm sorry. I don't have them in front of me, but um, this ended up being something really special. And while it's not Chip Zdarsky's mainline Batman, this is just as good in in many ways so we're introduced to and john correct me if i'm wrong about any of this because i know that you've read this too Mm -hmm. so we have the or the orgums is that what we're calling them okay yeah the orgums have come to gotham to reclaim the land on which arkham asylum is built um they are an old 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 gotham family think uh court of owls but it go ahead john you're making a noise no, Charles I made an
4: excited court of owls makes me ooh every time. Sorry,
0: that was a <laughs> yeah. instant so, reaction. Like like a court of owls in that they have this you know these deep deep ties to Arkham and to Gotham, and so they've come back and they arrive in Gotham and immediately start throwing money around. They're playing politics and positioning themselves to be the new saviors of Gotham City. Meanwhile. They go out at night and destroy sections of Gotham while wearing masks that give them extra normal abilities like mind control and super strength and magic and the whole kit and caboodle. It's very cool. Um, They're all doing this. And this is what I was alluding to earlier with Two-Face. They're all doing this with Two-Face who the Orgum's infected with a demon in his brain. So not only does he have the war between Harvey Dent and Two-Face, But you also have this demon that is kind of sleeping in a part of his brain that one of the orgums who can transform into a a wolf implanted into his brain. And so they're using Two-Face as kind of a like a front man for everything that they're doing. The criminal element in Gotham thinks that Two-Face is the one calling the shots, but really it's the orgums who are working through him. Um, they're behind the recent crime wave because not only do they want a fall guy for their wicked plans, but they want to remain in shadow while they're pulling the strings because they don't want anybody to know their ulterior motives. We're even at a point in the story where Bruce is interacting with uh, their prince, like the one who is doing the politicking and is looking to rebuild uh, Arkham Asylum and you know reclaim it for Gotham and all of this stuff. And he seemingly is like thinks that these people are on the up and up, even though he couldn't possibly like he, he they look so evil. He looks so <laughs> unbelievably evil. There's this one woman who's walking around. She's got like three pupils, three, three like dragon pupils inside of her eyes, gold all over her face. And she's just casually strolling through Gotham, like, do 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 and I'm like, you have to know. You have to know. You can't be that out of the game. It is on. Gotham City, though, Steve? <laughs> it is, but it's- they're, Everyone they're a looks lot. evil. Yeah. they are a lot, even for Gotham City. Okay.
4: <laughs> That's so, pretty impressive.
0: Um, Montoya is trying to save the city while leaving Batman out of the equation. Uh, she straight up, like, doesn't want his help. She, because she's obsessed with Two-Face, and she wants to- uh, catch him in the act and bring him in and the whole bit. Um, but here comes Batman. He's getting involved anyway, as he, o- as he always does. But Batman, and this has been a through line for the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Batman's getting his ass kicked in this like multiple, multiple times. And there has been a through line for a lot of the Batman stuff in the last little while, like I said, the last couple of years, that batman is getting old and i'm wondering if they're playing the long game of taking him off the board eventually for any number of years uh coming up maybe even by the end of this year
4: i love that he's getting old despite repeatedly being told that he's 30 Uh. (laughs) yeah
0: He just like, he's like, he he's constantly talking to himself in this book. And he's like, too slow, too slow. And he's getting, he's like, you know, getting thrown off of, of roofs. He's going into the Gotham Harbor and nearly drowning. And there are genuine scenes of genuine terror for this character. I mean, he's Batman, you know, he's going to come out of it. But this series has a really, does a really great job of presenting you with cliffhangers at the end of these issues to make you think that, like, this could be it for him. He looks like he's about to die. <laughs> um, and I, he obviously makes it out, but how he makes it out, I have found to be really cool. There is this absolutely amazing scene. Um, there's a backup with Jim Gordon, and Jim Gordon and a new character that's very important in the story that they're backups for the first three issues of this run. And then all of a sudden, they show up in this story and they're integrated into the main story, uh, which I thought was really cool. And there's this amazing scene of, uh, you know, Batman gets the crap kicked out of him and Gordon is taking care of him afterwards. But in order to, you know, fix him up, he's got to take off the cowl uh-huh. and he's got to do the whole thing. So he goes into his apartment and he turns off all the lights and he makes everything absolutely pitch black. Does he light some and candles
3: the, and put on some mood music? No,
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> like, no, like the, the, person, the person that's that's with him is new to this whole thing. So he doesn't understand why he's doing this. And Gordon starts talking about like things that Batman has taught him uh, about mm-hmm. identity and about people. And he says, you know, I think I know who he is, but I don't want to know for sure. So we're going to, we're going to turn off all of the lights. I'm going to shut my eyes and I, you know, I have training. I'm going to do this pretty much blind and, you know, he's going to be okay. But out of respect for him, I don't want to know who he is. I don't want to shatter, you know, what we have. Nice. Uh, and then he comes too, and they have this really nice discussion about how Jim has been away and that he's glad that he's back and he pulls the disappearing act on him again. And it's very like, oh, Batman. There you go again. So
3: it is almost a turn up the lights by Teddy Pendergrass moment, Aaron. Sure.
0: (laughs) Teddy P. (laughs) Uh, I think I said everything I wanted to say. I thought it was really cool that the stories merged together. Uh, Harvey Dent is absolutely at war with himself. Uh, Hayden Sherman from um, what the hell was that book that Sean Lewis did? Thumbs. Hell yeah. 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 So the artist of thumbs is doing the Two Face backups and they're Ooh. like ridiculously, ridiculously psychedelic with this uh demon talking to Harvey and kind of bullying him <laughs> and convincing Sorry. him of. of <laughs> <laughs> like try,
2: I tried to mute. I couldn't do it fast.
0: <laughs> trying to convince him to like give in and, you know, let him take over and do this and that and the other thing. And it's. It's really great. There are some awesome moments with uh, Mr. Freeze and uh, a great scene of kind of mutual respect for one another where Batman and Mr. Freeze kind of let bygones be bygones and have a discussion about, you know, if I'm not harming Gotham, can you please just get out of my lair and leave me alone? Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I, this is what I'm doing now. I'm not harmed. I'm not harming anyone. I'm not doing anything. The, The Batman, series that are coming out right now at least the two of them between the two-faced stuff in gcpd the blue wall and the mr freeze stuff in detective comics these books are making me feel for these villains and they're making me believe that they've kind of turned over a new leaf or at least are are taking a villain vacation right now (laughs) Um,
4: vacation i love that i want that webtoon that's gonna say it it sounds
0: sounds like a webtoon (laughs) yeah uh it's really 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 great stuff like I said, I kind of forgot what was happening in Detective the first two times I tried to read it. It was very uh Phantom of the Opera with this whole like uh, Bar- Barbados uh, thing. This Barbados. Yeah. Yeah, this giant bat god or whatever that's looming in the background and <laughs> kind of taunting Batman as he's, as he's realizing that he's kind of broken down and stuff like that and... It was cool, but it was all very theatrical and I didn't really know how it was landing with me. And so I just kind of put it out of my head and then I decided to just get caught up with it. And it really, really does catch steam, uh, I'd say, by around the fourth issue of this run. And then just hits the ground running and keeps going from there. There are some really, really solid moments uh, throughout those next couple of issues. Mm. So if you've been sleeping on Detective... Uh, and you enjoy Batman, I would say to keep going because it really does shape up and it, it gets much better. Not that it was ever bad, it just gets better. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, in case uh, anybody hasn't tried it yet or missed the announcement, there is a game called Hi, uh, Hi-Fi Rush that came out as a it was a surprise stealth drop as a part of the Microsoft presentation that happened last week. This is coming from Bethesda and um, I forgot what the other studio is, but oh my God, it's the most Steve game that's ever Steve gamed. <laughs> it's about it. It is. It's about a guy who goes to a robotics factory because he's broken his arm and he wants to get like a robotic cast or something to help himself heal faster. And there if you volunteer for their program, they will fix you up whatever you have going on with you. And but you you don't know that you're actually going to become, you know, a part of the system for the company and they're going to do experiments on you and whatever. So he's on the table and he's a music guy. He listens to music all the time. You're Starting to see why this is my game. And he has to take off all of his effects to get into the machine. So he takes off his iPod and he puts it on the tray. The dude that's running the whole program is like talking about what they're doing and talking about how worthless all the test subjects are and whatever. And he picks up the iPod and he's a technology man and he's invented all these cool things. And he's like, look at this garbage. Look at this ancient crap. Who brought this in here? Get this out of my face. And he throws the iPad away. As it starts to fall from the top of the factory and bounce all off all of these different things, it hits a certain angle and lands on the chest of your character just as this machine is about to press down on him and install all of his robotics. And what it ends up doing is it installs the iPod into your chest and replaces your heart with the iPod. And so you are now a living, breathing music machine. And the entire world that you're running around in in this game, it's an action rhythm-based Uh, fighter you are going around everything is in tune to the music the white stripes nine inch nails a whole bunch of really cool bands that are all synced up to this ipod in your chest and you have to go around the factory solve the mystery team up with all these kooky characters the animation in this game is spectacular it looks incredible i haven't seen the idea that we're at this point in video games where we can do things like this where it looks seamless it looks like arcane or some kind of netflix animated show it's incredible the whole game looks like that um it's super engaging the music's really good it the combat is incredible the way that you can time things out and kind of press the buttons along to the beat you can skip beats to uh, boost things up into the air There's all kinds of upgrades and uh, special moves that you can get, and they're all music-related. Your weapon is this giant guitar that you smack people in the face with. All the robots are super snarky and have this kind of like miserable uh, corporate humor to them that's really, really well-written. The dialogue is fantastic. The main character is a little obnoxious at times, but the support cast is so incredibly good that it makes up for it a lot. Uh, You can play it for free on Game Pass. It just came out. It's called Hi-Fi Rush. I highly, highly recommend it. I bought Dead Space, the remake also, and have not touched it yet because I want to finish this game before I dive into that one because it's so damn good. Sounds fun. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It was like they picked my brain while I was asleep. (laughs) and then put this game out into the world and was like you should play this
4: <laughs> it sounds a little like portal by way of garage band
0: it definitely has portal humor yeah to it so there's a lot of like funny robots that I you can listen that. in on their conversations and there's this one uh like noir detective robot who's going around the factory solving crimes and the color of his jaw is brown, so it looks like a beard, and the rest of him is silver with a fedora on. And he's all super self serious when he talks. He's narrating every time you walk past him. It's really it. funny. It's really good. Uh, the bosses you know? are huge. Uh, all the songs that kick in when you when you fight them, and how you have to actually time your button presses to the perfect drug by nine inch nails as you're defeating this (laughs) gigantic robot you know it's it's solid it's i love it It, it's great that sounds really cool yeah it's uh you know good stuff
4: if if
2: bruce is getting old (laughs) they've really been building up nightwing's character so you could have dick become batman and then damien could become robin yes i think that Go back to there
4: yes please what do you mean go back
2: no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding
4: I you broke my brain for a second
2: <laughs> I thought I was having a very original idea
4: oh.
1: Grant Morrison <laughs> you mean you, mean you want to do prodigal son again or Batman and Robin again or <laughs> right, insert
2: clearly I haven't been on the show in a while and you can't keep up with my humor
1: okay Joey's talking dick again so
4: <laughs> talking dick
1: Damien is a great Robin. I just want to
4: throw that out Thank there. Thank you, Joey. Brr.
1: Anyway, Steve. Tim is the best show. Robin. Uh, hey. Yes.
4: No one says he isn't. I just also like Damian. Although Damien. he
1: needs a better artist on his book.
4: Oh my God, right? <laughs> I'm i love it. me some
1: riley rossimo except for when he's on robin
4: uh the, the way i cannot tell the villain from bernard right now mm-hmm. i just i gotta say it's so hard I, to read i literally all of us collectively on the internet were like bernard's the main villain oh that's another person oh i stopped
0: reading it. i stopped <laughs> reading it because I, I couldn't time. look at it it's i couldn't I, i'm with you steve i stopped I i'm couldn't here do it.
4: but because i have to be <laughs>
0: I read That's one it. and two and I was like, oh, yeah. I think I've had enough.
4: Not gonna lie to you right now, if I didn't have a Batman show, I'd probably have stopped by now, too.
1: I just it it's so confusing. It doesn't make the, the art doesn't lend itself to the story. But you know what art does lend itself to the story? Detective comics, because you're dead right. It does take a <laughs> it does take a while to get going, but you got Frank, uh Francesco, Villa, and then you got Yvonne Reese mm-hmm. and the uh, I I can't even think of it. you said. What's the family name? Orgums. Orgums. You know they're remember the the three main fa- or the four main families are Wayne, Cobblepot, Arkham, and Kane. Yes. And apparently they were the fifth family that got swindled out of some land, and now they're coming back to 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 take what's theirs. And, right. And Batman and, and Bruce is a little underfunded than he used to be, and. Uh, and, and apparently he's getting up there an aging detective, but I like that, you know, a <laughs> geriatric
4: dude, age of thirty-five. It's, oh, <laughs> but
1: but as we all, you know, he's doing blood tests and he's trying to figure out what's wrong. And part of you is like, dude, you've been getting thrown through walls for like twenty years.
4: <laughs> I don't think blood tests are going to help.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like you got the shit kicked out of you. I love that. It's like that scene in The Dark Knight Returns. It's like you have no cartilage, but doing your <laughs> knee.
4: It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> of course, he is I fine like at
1: the end of that movie. Yes. He just put on a little knee brace and, it, and yeah. it's all good.
3: He does He also, does. I see hot the knee third. brace, you're good to go. Yep.
0: <laughs> I think it's cool, though, that there are significant things happening in Detective that sometimes I can't break my brain of thinking that everything that changes the Batman universe has to happen in Batman proper. But it doesn't. Yeah. No. And like, Detec- right? Yeah. And- detectives detective.
4: where, like, yeah. yeah, I was gonna yeah, say detectives, detectives always were him the died a little yeah. while ago, so <laughs> it does seem to matter. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, detectives always been like a little bit slow, more macabre, yeah. a little darker. Yeah, and and, and Batman's always the the high octane adventure book, and it's always been that way since they were really separated in the in the 60s and 70s
0: yeah that's the thing is like i think the the downshift like i was trying to read them both at the same time and i think the the downshifting Mm. into detective was maybe not the way to go that reading it in a chunk and really staying in that mood helped a lot but it's really cool that they're doing something as monumental as uh rebuilding arkham asylum Mm -hmm. in this series. When that thing has been uh defunct ever since the uh fear state stuff.
1: Yeah. Remember they built the tower in Detective and then that went to hell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh RIP that tower yeah. that
4: was made with Clayface's body.
1: Yeah. Yep.
4: <laughs> I loved that tower. <laughs> I love I love the detective
1: deals with Bruce and, and broke Bruce. And it it's you know, he's almost as big of a part of it as Batman is and, and I think that sometimes Bruce Wayne is kind of the – I I don't like when everybody's like, oh, Batman, too, he really is. No, he's both people, and they're both damaged, and and they both fit into a good story from time to time.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. And they both have a son named (laughs) Damien. Yes, they both And Tim and Robin, even though they've only been Batman for five years New 52. Yes,
4: yes, and Jason and and Dick, and somehow Stephanie was in there, too, and it's only been five years, but he's getting old.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the signal. And the the signal. signal,
4: And the whole, you know, we are Robin army that happened for a while. But again, he's getting old and it's only been five years. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. Dead Boy Detectives, though. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, Um, I'm sorry
0: that I couldn't cobble more thoughts together, but please go ahead. No,
4: no, no. I mean, I don't have a ton of thoughts as I read it five minutes ago, but... I really did enjoy this one. I love the art style. I, I I love comics that are colorful and fun in that way. But then literally to have these like incredible macabre horrors, like the head twisting off and the maggot belly and just like all of that stuff. But it's still in this cute art style was so fun. Um, and the the boys' names are Charles and Edwin. I went back go. and looked. Um, And I love that they are both from their own time periods and that their language carries that. I think that's very fun. Uh, I love how Edwin talks like he is this, like, Dickensian orphan all the time, including when he's talking to, like, the bus driver. And the bus driver's like, what the hell? Um, so good. Yeah, see,
0: he kind of just appears, right?
4: <laughs> he does appear, but then he starts talking like that. And the bus driver's like, what is happening? <laughs> Yeah. I love it. I love how they're not totally in control of their forms either. Like Charles tries to project himself forward and then just projectile vomits. Um <laughs> like I don't know. It's just a really charming story, and I'm very excited to see where it goes. And I really want to know if they're gonna Make the subtext from the old comics textual, if the because in the old comics they you know implied but never could say that Edwin had died because he was hate crime for being gay, and I'm really curious if we're gonna actually get that story in this one. So yeah, yeah, we do. I bet we do too.
1: That was Sandman number 25 where they were introduced. Yeah, hinted at there. Then they were part of the Children's Crusade. Uh, Mm -hmm. that ran through the Vertigo books for a while. And then they kind of disappeared, but it's good that
0: they're back. I might go read this. It was cool. It was very cool. All the the reasons that Chris and I had had talked about. Yeah. No, it's worth it. it. Okay. That's it. (laughs) There's news. There's one bit of news that we'll cover. And then um, according to the old internet, you might get a- another episode of Talking Comics later this week. We'll see. Um, when DC Titans... announces
4: Chris Pratt as every role, <laughs>
0: no Chris God. Pratt is <laughs> Superman? Chris, Chris Pratt, Superman. Is <laughs> I mean, has... somebody's
4: got to take over Shazam, right? Can Good Lord! The flash, <laughs> oh
6: God!
0: Um, <laughs> we do have some. We do have some DC news really quick before we get out of here. Uh, Titans and Doom Patrol will be ending with season Ew. four on HBO Max. <sighs> I, I, I mean, I, I haven't watched Titans since the end of season one, so I'm not. <gasps> Jason and upset Tim about Drake
4: that. are great in the Titans. It's... It is a
1: good show. I, it I'm, is good. I'm in season three, but it's fun. Yeah.
4: It is fun. I love the kid that Hawk plays and him. Dove in it. I yes! love when they
1: had Hawk and Dove in it.
4: That was so fun. But genuinely, they took Hawk out. Yeah, I genuinely love their Tim and Jason so much. And mm-hmm. I just love having a live action version of them. Why must I not have nice things? So Doom Patrol is so gay and wonderful. They should not be ending <laughs> it. I love Doom I Patrol. I saw
0: the Flex Mentallo scene in yeah. the middle of the oh town square. Yeah. God, that's so funny.
4: Oh my God.
0: It made me, while I was sitting there, I was like, I need to get caught up with Doom Patrol.
4: The Danny the Street episode. Oh my God. the show's so good.
1: I I Did they need just to take the back. Morrison run and put it on film? Hmm? Did they just take the Morrison run and put it on film?
4: Basically. Okay. Just, there's I'm a lot not, of. mean at the band thing. No, I mean it's a lot of that stuff. It's its own interpretation, but it is a lot of the stuff from Morrison, and it was great. And we should still have it. And yet there are still air over shows happening, but we get to lose these. Uh, I will say the best tweet. I'm just saying the best tweet about this was the only DC show left is Pettyworth. And that's because the producers have forgot. It's still on. (laughs) (laughs) I love Pettyworth, but I am aware that I am the last person watching it. So
0: (laughs) my friend Brad watches it. He likes it.
4: Great. Thanks, Brad. It's just me and you.
0: (laughs) Warner Brothers haven't realized it's still on. They don't know.
4: They don't know. It was over on epics. They don't know what's happening.
0: Good lord. All right. What uh what books are everybody looking forward to this week? Bob, what are you picking up?
3: Well, really light week. Scarlet Witch number two, Bloodline, Daughter of Blade,
0: number one. Yeah. Joey, what are you getting? Uh
2: Patton Oswald's Minor Threats is wrapping up this week. So that's minor threats number four, Scarlet Witch number two. There's a new Carl S- Kyle Stark's jam, where monsters lie. I'll pick that up. Uh, Bloodline, Daughter of Blade from Danny Lore, hell yeah, and Legion of X number 10.
5: Mm. Aaron, how about you? Jury's still out on Legion of X. Number 9 was sort of weird for me, but uh, possibly Legion of X, uh, X X-Force 37, uh, Miles and Spider-Man 3, Scarlet Witch 2, I think this is Silver Surfer, the new Silver Surfer is coming out. Yep, Ghostlight. Uh, uh, Ghostlight 1, Uh, Bloodline, uh, DC Power of Celebration number 1, Uh, Flawed 5, I think, and there's two number ones coming out. I think from Image Almighty number one and Blood Tree.
3: Ooh. Hmm. I must have missed those so when I was looking The pool has gotten lists. deep over in Aaron's Corner.
5: Yeah. It's a, it's a pool. I can't guarantee I'll purchase them, all, okay. but you know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they're, they're under consideration.
0: Uh, John, how about you?
1: Uh, Radiant Black 21, Rogue Sun 10, Avengers 65, and then Spider Man Dark Web finale number one, and Venom 16 for Sawyer. Dark Web.
0: Dark Web. Chris, how about you?
4: Apparently a Magic Order Volume One. And uh, the beginning of Sandman, because the app has decided I'm reading it.
0: <laughs> so
4: it has said it so.
0: Nice. Uh for me. I have oh I'm not we read them for a month, but uh DC's Harley Quinn Romances number one comes okay. out this week. Uh DC Power, a celebration number one is also on my list. Uh, For stuff I'm actually picking up, Bloodline, Daughter of Blade, number one, Uh, Demon Wars, Down in Flames, number one, Peach Momoko, Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number three. I have read Miles Morales, Spider-Man, numbers one and two, and really, really enjoyed them. So thank Mm -hmm. you for pushing me to do that, Aaron. Uh, Scarlet Witch, number two, and Silver Surfer, Ghost Light, number one. And then I have uh, Briar, number three, and Flawed, number five, on my list. And that's it. Those are the books. Them's the books. Them's the books. Does anybody have any closing statements before we get out of here? I do. Okay. I
4: have a I have a wild one <laughs> because wild I'm not
0: wild one. Wild one. Sorry. Because
4: I'm not busy enough in this life. TJ and I are starting a new podcast. Oh. <laughs>
0: um,
4: <What>? So <laughs> you already knew this, Steve, but I like the <laughs> So so we will be starting Downworlders After Dark, um, which is a Cassandra Clare read-through podcast starting from the very beginning, going through all 27 of those books. So please check us out. Go follow us on Hive and Twitter to see when the first episode releases.
0: And that's the Shadowhunters universe?
4: That is the Shadowhunters universe, yes.
0: Oh boy.
4: Oh boy.
0: (laughs) Has Bronwyn read those?
4: No, but she has heard me uh, feverishly recap them at 3 a.m. several times.
0: I think I've seen a couple of those snaps.
4: (laughs) I believe you've been you've you've been witness to it a few times. Yes.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Does anybody else have anything they want to share? No. Uh, All right. Uh, Like I said, you uh, might catch us later in the week or sooner than you think. We've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking (laughs) Comics Podcast. What was that? Catch me outside. Go, 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 go. go, go. All right, we've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments (laughs) or questions through our email, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. We are also on Twitter at Talking Comics and Hive at Talking Comics. Uh, and did, I just, on...
4: did I just receive a text message that said, Does Bronwyn know what from your wife? Yes, I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and on uh, Instagram, we are Talking Comics Podcast. Bob, where can our listeners find you?
3: Old fashioned email, Bob at talkingcomicbooks.com. Joey?
2: Joey at talkingcomicbooks.com.
5: Aaron? AJ Amos at seven, AJ 78 on
1: Instagram. John. Uh, you can mail me a letter at yeah. no, um,
0: <laughs> email the show. They'll forward it to me. Yeah. Nice. Do that. Podcast of Talking Chris, how can people get in touch with you?
4: Linktree.com slash the myth of psyche for all my socials and various shows and projects.
0: There you go. Uh, Bronwyn is at shiny baby B and I am at dead underscore anchoress. So for Bob. See ya. For Joey adios Aaron deuces <laughs> for John see you later <laughs> for Chris
4: next week is Venom Tattoo Week
0: oh no <laughs> you better document the crap out of that I, I want to see I it am gonna All do right. it uh, for me thank you so much for listening be excellent to each other and until next time on the Talking Comics Podcast to be continued